Hey gang, welcome to a special episode of... I'm not actually sure what to call this. We didn't really discuss this, did we? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what, what to call this. Uh, we both have really long uh, <laughs> podcast title names. That we, how, how could we combine those two and, and, and not make it super long? But uh, this is a... Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm J. Carlos Menjavar from Dial F for Film. Um, well, this is on both our feeds, so I'm, I'm sure people will know. <laughs> what this and you is, were just but... on last week's show, so everybody's yes. going to break it in two ways. <laughs> yes, very true. But yeah, this is this is serving as kind of a episode in both of our feeds. This is actually going to be episode 26 for me. This is my six-month uh, anniversary of doing the show. I kind of awesome. wanted to do something big anyway. So I, I was thinking for my on my end, calling it the Incredible Three-Headed Podcast, because, yes. well, we're going to be joined by somebody else in just a moment. But then I was like, well, I want I want representation for carlos's show in there but like dial f for the incredible two-headed podcast does not <laughs> make any sense at all dial i for the no dial i for incredible incredible three-headed podcast i don't know yeah it, either way well, we're just yeah gonna, but we're, we're just here to kind of explain what's going to happen because we've been doing this kaiju takeover at my show and your show as well i know both of us individually we've been watching a bunch of kaiju films yes and it, we, we realized it's all kind of leading up to godzilla versus kong anyway so let's the movie's out let's watch it let's get on uh you know do a special record we'll discuss a much more recent movie than either of us have done so far <laughs> oh and, yeah i know <laughs> and we'll just get a, a special episode in and uh put it in both of our feeds so everybody can hear it and for my part i could not talk about this movie at all without our special guest expert rick todd johnson who's going to be joining us here right after we start our show he, you you guys would have heard him on my show a couple weeks ago he certainly knows his stuff so i think this is going to be like a pretty fun conversation i think we're just going to be talking mainly about godzilla versus kong yeah kind of the new movies in the monster verse and you know just whatever kaiju stuff wants to wants to come up it, it's going to be a much looser show than i'm i'm usually doing and i think even you because you usually you have a format of the three movies and we're just going to be i don't know maybe we won't but i feel like we're going to be all over the place uh yeah usually uh since this is going to be on your feed too maybe i should uh well i i've done it before but uh explain the my podcast dialogue for film podcast uh, I'm I'm trying to do the 1001 movies you must see before you die and and this is definitely outside of what uh, I normally do on the show, but I, I love talking movies and and Godzilla and giant monsters is something that I really love that uh, doesn't have a lot of representation in that. So I'm not really doing a lot of that. And that's part of the reason why I really like coming on to Aaron's podcast, because I get to uh, watch the other stuff that I like, not just the artsy, uh, <laughs> the artsy stuff. I can watch uh, things like this. I mean, I'm watching them anyway, but it's nice to to have a place where if I discover something new or there's something that I know we both like a lot, we can we can discuss it on the show. So definitely loose, uh, loose for I probably for both of us um, and very different from what I do on, 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 on the podcast. And this is actually really exciting. And I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on on the new Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, so let's Take a, well, this is going to be just like, this is, for my show, this is a pre-credit sequence. Now everybody's going to hear my theme song. And then we'll get back and we'll all three be here talking.
every time Rick leaves his camera on, I'm always scanning the background like, oh, I have that. I have that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that are very familiar. It's so neat and organized. I know. I, I have all mine <laughs> on shelves, but for some reason, they don't look as neat as Rick's oh. do. Yeah, same. Yeah, my show. Well, I'm a neater. Sure. I'm a neater person <laughs> in every way. <laughs> my my wife would not agree though. So yeah, I don't know. You somehow keep them in better condition too, but you don't have kids. Um, I don't have kids. Well, I have a furry kid, but that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah, so I remember when my daughter was very small, she would pull stuff off the shelf all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I would keep the kid in the shed in the backyard. So. <laughs> yeah, my I toys would. are my toys. Hey, so. that, that's that's quite an idea. <laughs> when I was, uh, I, I believe they call social workers to your house. Yeah. <laughs> when I was working at Suncoast, and I announced that I was to some of my regular customers that I was expecting my first daughter, the advice that I got from a couple of them was. Well, be prepared to lose your favorite thing. <laughs> One of your favorite things is going <laughs> to be destroyed. Yeah. Something yep. irreplaceable. And did it happen? Uh, yeah, but I like they're things. Who cares? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you did I, lose something. So I don't, they weren't I, wrong. I don't remember ever being like super upset or depressed about anything that got damaged due to uh, children. But I, I'm. I kind of don't have that. Like, I certainly collect things. There's things that I love having in, in my house and I, I love looking at them and I try to keep them in good shape, but I, I never have that emotional connection where if like if the cover of the book gets torn, I'm heartbroken. Or if, you know, uh, an arm of the action figure falls off, I... I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I believe toys should be played with and not kept in, in, in mint in the box, but <laughs> I don't like, I don't pe like people coming in and breaking my stuff and I don't like it when I break my stuff. So. Oh no, but like, like I'm not a big Funko person, but I have that, that Pennywise. Funko. I think you were there when I got that Pennywise Funko and. Did, um, did we get that in Chinatown? Yeah. Yeah. And Persephone loves it. She loves it. And you know, I, I could, I could keep it on the shelf where she can't touch it and the paint's going to stay on it, but she likes to drag it around and play with it. And now she's <laughs> playing with my star Wars toys and creature from the black lagoon figures. And sure. I, I know she's banging those up a bit, but whatever she's, she's happy with them. And that That's really cool. I, I think I've done like the same thing. I thought I was attached to stuff and then slowly, like some of the stuff I had just kind of became their toys. I was like, yeah. what, uh, like, what am I really doing with this? Is this just for me? Is it to show off or is like, does anyone care? And it's just nobody kind of, cares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're the only person that cares. Only person. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else in my house cares about any of my stuff. Yeah. So. It's like, you guys can have all these Star they Wars toys. It, but they don't <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been going through my old baseball card collection because I've been recataloging it probably for the last time in my life. And uh, just want to make sure I've got it all counted and, and, and figured out and stuff, because I haven't really done it since I moved to California. And that was 15 years ago. I'm going through the cards and I, I, I have cards that I've had since the 1970s, you know, and oh I look at the God. corners of some of them and I go, oh, man, I should have taken better care of this. And then that's where <laughs> I start feeling the regret that I didn't like have, you know, the right storage stuff when I was 12, you know, and it's like, you know, oh, why did I play that that 
card flipping game with these cards. They would have been so much better <laughs> condition. They'd be worth so much more. And then I'm like, but I never sell anything. So what does it yeah. matter what they're worth? You know, yeah. it's just, but I, I'm that way with all of my stuff. It's just like, uh, I, I, they take damage and I just regret it, but it's like, you gotta, you know, you just gotta move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just focus on me, it too much. You know? Yeah. No. And honestly, the Star Wars toys seem cooler and more important to me now that my four-year-old daughter loves playing with them. Like she comes up to me because they're in a box and she's like, can we play with these? And, you know, she's You're like, oh, no. which ones are the bad guys? And <laughs> there's some ships. So she's flying them around. I think they're cooler now. Like I'm happier to have them now that she's clearly loving playing with them. I think it's really awesome. That's yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Okay, so I, I've actually been recording, so I guess we'll get into it. We, I don't think we've really quite introduced, I mean, Carlos and I have introduced ourselves, uh, but joining us for this is Kaiju guest expert, Rick Todd Johnson of currently the Cinema 4 Cell Block, correct? Uh, yes, right now, yeah, that's the only one that's active right now, so. Why don't you tell people a little bit what that is in case, like right up here. It's an animation blog that I've had for about 15 years, um, and I've had taken a break from it for a couple of years but i kept getting emails from people saying when you're going to come back when you can come back so I, I finally did a new post after like two years i did one in october it was supposed to be six or seven different uh reviews of, of cartoons from the you know halloween oriented cartoons like i normally do i used to or rather i used to do every october and i had meant to do that again and i only did one but i I've just been busy and, you know, health concerns and stuff over the last couple of years. And I just haven't really been into blogging again or re even writing reviews, but I'm starting to starting to kind of break the ice again. I plan to put up a new review by the end of this week. So that's really good. I actually, I, I hadn't checked the site in a little while because I know you've been taking a break, um, but I, I do miss your reviews. You're much more knowledgeable about animation than I, <laughs> I am, but I, I really appreciated like the the style of those reviews when you were doing them. I enjoyed those. And I mean, we've written together a few times, so I'm glad to see you getting back into it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll both be writing together again sometime soon. Maybe we can get up our other website again. So. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually written anything for a long time. I mean, I, I've done little bits and stuff, but nothing that I've published or, or I mean, published online, nothing I've made public in any way, but, um, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're getting off track again. So we're here to discuss Kaiju. <laughs> we've all been watching a lot of Kaiju this last month because we've all been super excited about Godzilla versus Kong, the fourth movie in Legendary's MonsterVerse that started in 2014 with Godzilla. I guess let's get right into it. It, it came out just a few days ago on HBO Max and in theaters. Rick, I know you watched it twice that first day. I've I've Twice the first day. I've seen it five times. I actually had it running in the background right now, but that doesn't count. That's got quite. Well, I, oh, man. Or else this would be my sixth. But, yeah. <laughs> I just watched it for the second time today. How about you, Carlos? Uh, have you watched it multiple times or just the once so far? Just the once. Uh, I loved it, though, so I, I will be watching it again. But um, I, I didn't want to say that I actually the reason why I only watched it once was because I was waiting for the weekend to go watch it at, uh, on the big screen. And I finally went to a theater for the first time in over a year. Um, and I was very nervous about that. But I am so <laughs> glad that I watched this on the big screen because I can't imagine having the same experience uh, at home. Uh, but I'm sure I'm going to watch it here as well. But just watching it on the big screen. And I'm glad I waited for Godzilla because I think this was the perfect movie to go to be the first movie after 
after such a grueling 2020 uh, to, to, to finally just watch something fun and exciting on the big screen. So I am definitely behind everyone else with just the one viewing. That is true. This movie, I would have really loved to have seen it theatrically. Um, I, we're, we're still not at the point where we feel comfortable doing that. Uh, we're, of course, yeah. We're yeah, in the middle either. of getting our, our vaccinations now. Looking forward to that day when we can do it again. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I know the first thing I do once I get my second shot is I want to be looking up going to a theater. So, yeah, yeah. I'm certainly jealous that you got to see this because this, like, you know, at home, um, I don't have the best sound system, but it's decent. And our, you know, pretty big TV, it was very impressive visually, but man, seeing it in a theater, like, I just, I just want to go see a theater again. Did, have you been mm -hmm. doing any drive-ins this year? Uh, I, I, I did. I actually only did like a few. I didn't do that many. Part of it is because as as fun as a going to the driving is driving uh, is it, it's not the ideal way to watch certain type of movies. A lot of things that I wanted to watch were kind of the driving is too distracting. So I only saw like maybe like two or three movies. The last one was uh, the Tom and Jerry one. And that, and that was for my daughter. Um, she wanted to see it. So I took her to see that. And prior to that, I maybe last year I saw uh, Stand By Me they were showing at the drive-in and I went to go see that because I had already seen it. So it was no big deal rewatching that uh, at the drive-in. But other than, yeah, other than that, I can't even think of, I know there's something else, but I can't even remember what that was, but I've only, I only went like two or three times uh, as far as this whole uh, quarantine goes. Or, I'm still jealous of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I haven't been to a drive-in movie since I was probably six. Oh man, and that would have been 1970. So, you know, oh wow, <laughs> in Alaska, you know. I've never been to a drive-in theater at all. The oh, last no. thing I know I saw was my parents went to like a double or triple feature of uh, Clint Eastwood westerns. So that would have been the you know the spaghetti westerns. Uh, that and, sounds really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I know that I I remember scenes from them. I remember being at the drive-in. And my mom would always remind me that we had seen them, you know, and so that's why it's in my head. But um, I didn't get to the drive-ins any time after that, though, because we moved out of Anchorage. But, you know. And those drive-ins didn't last in Alaska much longer than that, did they? They were gone by like the, I want to say mid, mid-70s. mid Yeah. I, after, after we moved to Eagle River and uh, we just never got back to them. And I, I guess it was really hard to watch things in the summer when it was you know because of alaska's you know the light in alaska in the summer and in the winter it's just so cold that yeah they just weren't they weren't very popular and i know the screen i don't know if the screen is still up there or not by the fireweed which was the sundowner but uh the billiken was the one where totem theater is today yeah that that screen by the fireweed i remember that for a long time it, it's been gone for for quite a while but i remember it used to be there in the parking lot still for a long time so as everybody can tell, this is going to be a lot looser than a normal episode. <laughs> we, we, we only have one movie to discuss and we'll see how much of that we actually get to discuss. <laughs> but uh, so Godzilla vs. Kong, the plot it is following the previous Godzilla movies and the, you know, several decades after the previous Kong movie, Skull Island, where now Kong is kind of kind of kept in captivity on Skull Island partially for his own safety because the island has been destroyed by a storm 
and Godzilla is kind of at a tenuous peace with humankind, keeping all of the other kaiju in check. We, we don't see any of the kaiju in this. Some archival photos everywhere, like mainly in the credits, but not in the movie itself. Also, another reason they're keeping uh, Kong in captivity is because if the two were to like, know of the other's existence, uh, ancient legends, I guess, tell of, an, of a great battle that they would just be drawn to destroy each other. But they decide to take Kong out of Skull Island because they have a plan to use Kong to lead them to the Hollow Earth, the source of all kaiju that have been rising over the past five or six years of these movies being made. That's the basic plot. Uh, you know, there, there's twists and turns. It, it is as ridiculously written as any of these other movies with the added benefit that they're, they're told to have a little bit of fun or not, maybe not told to have a little bit of fun, but it's presented in much more of a, uh, well, there's much more of a sense of humor about what's being said in this movie. Because I, I rewatched Godzilla and King of Monsters. Um, they're both so serious. Yeah. And I, it, it, it becomes a real problem. For both of those movies and watching this movie well the first time i watched it i was like oh that's fun this is the most fun of the new ones other, other than maybe kong skull island which i really like skull island i went back and watched godzilla i watched godzilla king of the monsters and then i rewatched. i rewatched godzilla versus kong and i realized like the dialogue and the characters they're almost exactly the same like everything is kind of written in the same uh kind of overly earnest or serious way but the movie seems to know that it is ridiculous and is having fun with it in a way that I don't think the others really ever tried to do. King of the Monsters I had remembered that as being a little bit less self-serious than Godzilla and I watched it again and I was like oh it's like, more. I don't know how much we want to just talk. I figured we'd talk about all of those movies but man I like the human stuff in those movies just really gets to be a chore i kind of agree with you aaron uh i'm not this definitely was the first time that i had a like a really good time with uh, uh the newer monsterverse movies i rewatched just the first godzilla and kong skull island and i i really did not want to watch uh, king of the monsters because I, I i did feel like the movies are too serious and not enough fun especially for that one. But rewatching the first one, I, I still think it's an okay movie that really does, it, they take away so much from like, it's a Godzilla movies. We're like 30 movies deep and they're still trying to surprise us with the monster and try to hide it from us. Like we already know what Godzilla is and can do. And that's why we're here in the movie theater to watch that. And that's what we want to see. And I think that the movie takes away too much from that. Uh, as far as like Kong Skull Island, uh, much more fun. I, I like that movie. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. It was kind of disappointing. And I think it has to really do with a lot of like the casting for the movie itself. But other than that, all the Kong stuff, all the stuff on Skull Island, like the action is great. I really like it in that. And I think that that's kind of what they channeled with the new Godzilla Kong, where there a, a lot of the human stuff is almost like non-essential and it doesn't if you took that away, you still have a pretty badass movie here. You, you, I, I guess you, you have to have it when it comes to these movies. You have to have that perspective, and I think that this is the the first one out of all of them that has that balance where they, the, the filmmakers, don't really put that much importance into the the, the characters, and, and they kind of know why we're here. And we got, I think we 
the movie delivers in that aspect that once the fighting starts, it starts like it does not let up. It is exciting. It is. I would. I, I had a, a blast watching the new movie. Yeah, I would say. I would say that's all true. It, this is this movie. Well, it's because we've got Kong, and Kong is much more expressive than Godzilla. And everybody coming out of this surprised that Kong is the hero of the movie. And well, well, of course he is. He's the mammal. He has opposable thumbs and a face that can make <laughs> expressions. And he can, you know, surprise, surprise, communicate uh, via sign language a little bit. Uh, where, you know, Godzilla has always been a force of nature. Uh, he is kind of a punishment to, for, for like brought about by mankind, wreaked upon mankind. And Kong is has always been just the you know this innocent ape living his life who gets <laughs> sucked into uh, exploitation by uh by scientists or colonialists or whoever it is so yeah of course there's something a little bit more sad and there's more pathos with kong uh, but this movie like i don't know it it seemed to not not this movie didn't seem to not care about the characters, but it seemed to realize it needed to make the monsters characters as well. Because I I do like the first Godzilla 2014. I actually liked it a lot more on this last rewatch. And I liked it enough in theaters, but on this last rewatch, I was like, oh, this is actually like really effective. I like how it it plays with scale like all of that kind of keeping Godzilla a mystery for a long time, it it does make us realize just how massive he is walking through the street and how puny and tiny and doesn't even notice us most of the time, apparently, uh, like seemingly. I, I, I thought all that stuff was really cool. How Godzilla 2014 kind of is street level and you get glimpses of him through TV screens or through windows as people are looking out and it does make it feel epic the monster stuff and there's more monsters in it than i thought i mean not more monsters it's just godzilla and the mutos but there's more monster action than i remember the thing that i i i kind of don't like about 2014 godzilla is it's still the human stuff the human stuff's a little bit scattered it's a bit unwieldy it is ridiculous how aaron taylor johnson is just there for every major event of the movie even though (laughs) Like we're not following it and seeing it through his eyes. He's just being randomly picked up, picked up and taken. Like there, he just hooks up with some people, and it turns out to be where the next big event of the movie is. And like I know we're supposed to be seeing him as a it, he's like on an odyssey to get back to his wife, but it doesn't feel like that. It just felt like a too many random things, I guess. Which is you can't really pick apart the movies in that way, but it. For some reason, I do with these new new American ones. The flaw of the original Godzilla of the of the original monster Godzilla is that they do away with Brian Cranston too early. Yes, they they set up they set up stuff with his wife and everything that he wants to do and everything he wants to discover, and then they kill him. You know. They kill him really early in the film, and then we get his son, who compared to him is like a lummox, and you know has nothing interesting about him. And so you're stuck with him, and and 
Elizabeth Olsen for the rest of the film when Brian Cranston was the truly interesting character who, you know, who had, who all the stakes were tied up around him and then they, they just get rid of him. He's kind of so, like the, I was sorry, I, I was yeah. going to say, he's kind of like the Sarazawa character of the original. And then yes. they, they like get rid of him. It's like, that's essential to the rest of the story. Yeah, except Sarazawa in the second, in the, in the second Godzilla film, he actually sacrifices himself to bring Godzilla back. So, I mean, he, he actually, with, without him, without him performing that sacrifice with the, right. with the nuclear warhead, we don't have Godzilla coming back to fight Ghidra. So to him, that's like the best, that's the greatest thing he can do in his life is to do that, to save mankind that yeah. way. And so there are, there are like big stakes there. Um, Cranston's character just dies in a helicopter, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, he just passes away and then everybody's sad and it's like, okay. And then, Oh, you know, you got to carry on your, your son, your father's mission. And it's like, well, I'd rather see the father carry on the mission. You know, it just, it just kind of, it kind of took the emotional stakes of the film out for me as far as a human factor goes. Um, I don't, and, and I'm one of those people who's like, yeah, I don't need a human. I just want to see monsters fighting and stuff, except you do to a certain extent, because if it's just monsters fighting, it's, it's, you know, it's just like masturbation, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, it's pleasing, but there's like nothing to it. That's why you have to have an emotional aspect the way to connect to them is some human human level you know thing going on and so you got to have some sort of you know you know human character to kind of like be your guide through that world and so yeah i mean like in the godzilla in the godzilla king of the monsters i love all the monster stuff even though you can't see half of it because it's just too dark <laughs> and there's rain everywhere but besides that you know I got Mothra, I got Rodan, you know, I got Ghidra. That's all cool. The human stuff annoyed the hell out of me because you had Vera Farmiga's character was just too flighty and too up and down, up and down, up and down as far as what her intentions were. You could never be sure what her intentions were. And I just thought they overplayed that. And so I... it made me hate her entire family I might be the only person in the world who does not like Kyle Chandler. So, you know, oh, I, man. I did not watch Friday Night Lights. I don't give a shit about him. I don't think he's much of an actor. I think well, he's just kind of generic. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I like Kyle, Kyle Chandler enough. But I'm going to say, piggybacking on that, that I feel like I'm the only person. Well, actually, no. Amber is the other person. Uh, we're the only people that don't like Millie Bobby Brown. Also, I, I like her much more in the second one than I do the first one. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think maybe she, it's just she's saddled with Vera Farmiga. And I love Vera Farmiga. I think she is great. But Vera Farmiga has, or her. has such atrocious dialogue in King of the Monsters. Yes. And I I cannot, as just like you, you were saying, I cannot understand her character at all. I didn't realize, maybe I'm just an idiot. But I watched King of the Monsters for the third time. The, well, the third time I've seen it total. Just this morning. And it's the first time I realized she was working with the terrorists all along. That, like, yes. <laughs> I didn't, because it's not quite stated. I just thought like, man, what the, what the hell is going on with her? Like she's going with them to save her daughter. But now she's, she's like, they also, she also believes the, the Titans should be awoken. So she's kind of going to be going along with that as well. And I don't know why 
it just occurred to me, or I just realized on this viewing, like, oh, she knew they were coming in. She probably helped them come into when they were like uh, there with Mothra. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not really. I think it's very ham handed how they handle the entire thing. Yeah, but it's also not very well explained from a character standpoint. Like, I don't know. I don't understand any of her motivation at all. And she just flips yeah. on a dime from scene to scene what she wants to do. But I. Yeah, that's I, what I think. But yeah. Um, I remember when I saw King of the Monsters in the theater, thinking that the um, the human stuff was annoying. It was bad. But I'm used to that in some of these Godzilla movies. But also thinking that despite the darkness and the distortion to the Godzilla or the monster fights, the monster stuff looked gorgeous. I, I just, yeah, there's rain and snow in the, in the front of it, but Ghidorah in the snow looks awesome. Um, yes. Mothra is great. I love all of that fights, even though people complain that you can't see enough of it. But every successive time I've watched King of the Monsters, the human stuff drags it down more. I, I just, it, it, the fights cannot prop that movie up enough, like on their own. And that human stuff right. is terrible. Yeah, that that's the the thing with I and it's also like they're marketing these movies for a mainstream audience that maybe not that's maybe not familiar with Godzilla. Like so like we know that you know the human stuff is inevitable. But it's always like to like how like what degree how good is like that stuff? Like is it bearable and and I think in that in the King of the Monsters it's just not it, it's just like it's so pointless and it seems like it's just put in there because it has to be in there it doesn't seem like anyone really tried to i feel that with the history of godzilla films though you can look at i mean because yeah. i mean the considering that in our country we've been watching mostly dubbed versions you know of, of the films for most of our lives and you know until like dvds came around and so you know we were saddled with a lot of bad dialogue that probably had nothing to do with the real story, you know, in some cases. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of just really rote characters and, you know, just, I mean, and, and, and the films themselves, especially when they got into the seventies ones that were just aimed squarely at kids and were just stupid as hell, you know, nothing <laughs> made any sense, you know, on a logical level. So, I mean, trying to introduce these characters to an American audience that may or may not know the characters. Um, well, all the human stuff, that's all, that's all contrived for these films. So none of it has anything to do with all the earlier films. The only characters that have any history to them are the monsters, you know? So you can do anything with a Godzilla film, you know, in quote unquote, introducing them, you know, you can do anything with, with the, all the stuff surrounding the monsters and it doesn't matter. The main thing is the monsters. Of course. This yeah. film really delivers that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is, it's great. I, 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 I could just go on. Like Adam Wingard uh, is a director I really liked with Your Next. I thought that was terrific. The Guest. And, oh, is, The Guest and Your Next are both fantastic. Yeah, they're terrific. I felt like he stumbled a bit with Blair Witch and Death Note, even though I I, I did kind of like Blair Witch more than I think uh, the consensus would have <laughs> yeah. people believe. I thought that was a fine movie. Death Note didn't care for it at all. Um, but this yeah, one, I much preferred the Japanese ones. But yes, yeah. the Japanese live action Death Notes are terrific. The right and but this one like it seems like he really 
I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised actually with this series that they they more or less seem to be letting the directors put their stamp on it. Uh, all of the movies are distinct visuals yes. while also still furthering the monarch plot. Um, and he really brings that, uh, like, well, his his needle drops, the music that he chooses, but also the neon lighting uh, of everything. Like it's, this is very much an Adam Wingard film. And it, it seems like he's, he's bringing back some of the weirdness that he brings into his movies. Uh, that, that maybe it feels was, like drive at some points, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, There's just the colors. And, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that the thing that Godzilla needed was neon in the cinematography because <laughs> that looks so cool. I could not stop looking at uh, at all the neon in the buildings, and it, it was like, why do why do all these sky, skyscrapers have neons on the outside but of their building? It goes it goes great though in contrast with his uh, his 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 breath. Yeah. It, oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, because well, it fits right in. You know, it's just like. You know, it's yeah, like, it's oh. so it's so it's so perfect. And yeah, actually, one of, on all along. Yeah, one of the one of the other things that I like too is that 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 is in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. So, like, I just like that it it, it, it wasn't in, in in Japan; that it was a different like city. I, I kind of like that. I, yeah, I they that never was pretty got cool. to Japan in this film at all. So. Yeah, which is like you know, with all the the Toho uh, Godzilla movies, they're set in japan the american ones are you know set somewhere in the u.s i think um, i think the the first monster vs godzilla was the only one that even got close to japan right i, I can't remember if, i don't oh, think godzilla king of the monsters got anywhere near japan either no i don't know yeah i think you're they right weren't yeah. in japan at all they were in the they were in the south pacific at one point yeah they went to antarctica they went to boston they were in uh mexico for the rodan sequence yeah <laughs> forgot about that but i no. will tell you what i didn't i don't think or here's something i didn't realize i needed i did not realize i needed kong to have his own like conan the barbarian interlude with a magic axe in the center of the earth i yeah. i i thought that whole moment like him loping across the mountains and the like the scrub in uh, the hollow earth and the little glimpses we get of other creatures down there. Um, man, I, I thought that whole segment was great. Uh, is it just, so are we in agreement that that acts, it's a Godzilla scale? Or, That's what I'm thinking. Cause there were a Second, lot of them yeah. down there. There were a That's lot of what other, I was thinking. Yeah. There were a lot of other axes in the floor, even though he only grabbed the one. It was really cool. I, I would not have expected that in a Kong movie. And we have to call him Kong, right? Because King Kong is still not contractually allowed to be said. Is that I, I think that's correct. I think they can yeah. they can use Kong, but they can't use King Kong. It's kind of like the ninth Friday thirteenth film, where they couldn't they couldn't say Friday the thirteenth. They had to call it the final Friday. Well, no, the ninth one is Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Oh, okay. Because it's Jason it's goes to hell and Jason X because they Cunningham, I think, kept Friday the Thirteenth, but Paramount kept Jason. Right. There was a there was actually a lawsuit at the time, uh, I believe, that kept them from because they they wanted to use Friday the Thirteenth, they weren't allowed to. It was a whole situation. One thing we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but I really was noticing because well, we've been watching 
here a bunch of the original Godzilla movies. We watched 1954's Gojira, um, you know, Return of Godzilla, watched some of the other ones in between. The original Godzilla films are so anti-nuke, anti-nuclear weaponry, anti-nuclear testing. I mean, that's the point of Gojira. But um, it was interesting now in the American movies, how the opinions on nuclear weapons and nuclear power change for America. Because we're the ones who drop those bombs. (laughs) Yeah, but you were talking about it where Sarazawa in Gojira sacrifices himself to kill Gojira. Sorry, I'm only saying that that because I don't want to mix it up with Godzilla, the American ones we're talking about. But um, he sacrifices himself to kill Kojira and he uses this weapon that he's horrified to have created that he destroys all of his research. And he, part of the reason he kills himself is so that- that's Right, where, the oxygen destroyer. Yeah, where in this movie, or not this movie, but King of the Monsters, Sarazawa kills himself to like w- w- using a nuke to bring Godzilla back. Like he sacrifices himself. So that's a, like kind of a, a attitude change but also the american movies are very nuke happy they're always like we're gonna nuke godzilla there's a nuclear weapon in every movie that they're just like bring out these nuclear weapons for the monsters to feed on basically and they're they're well who has more nukes than us so yeah it's just (laughs) interesting that this this entire concept of this character is this is what the horrors of nuclear weaponry have wrought upon the world and the american movies are all like ah nuclear weapons are great this is what we're going to (laughs) use (laughs) <laughs> yeah yay they can bring godzilla back <laughs> we also got to uh i saw i saw you just send me a cover here rick i get it i understand i was wrong about the title of jason goes to hell <laughs> i was just asking <laughs> my own statements so because after you said that i went wasn't that the title you know so i had to look it up in uh, godzilla versus kong do they explain explicitly that the Sarazama in this movie is the son of Ken Watanabe's character. I don't know if they do or not. I don't think they do because I, I think they're just using the name. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was like, why is there another Sarazama in this movie? And I watched the other Godzilla thinking like, well, maybe he had a son and he'll mention that he has a son that we just never see. He never does. So I went, I went to Wikipedia and Wikipedia says that the younger Sarazawa, like Sarazawa Jr. or something, like he's got a first name. I can't remember what it was, but it, it says that he, he's Ken Watanabe's son. But they never mentioned that in the movie, so it's just strange that there's another Sarazawa. At least I thought it was kind of strange. Yeah, I, I I didn't notice that when I when I watched it. And it wasn't until after that I, I realized that there was already a Sarazawa before. Yeah, Wikipedia just says that they just named him after him, so. He was a combination of Ishiro Honda's name, the director. Well, and, that, uh, that's that's um, that's for Ken Watanabe's character. Right. Yes. OK. So who's this other Sarazawa? Well, it, the, the Sarazawa in this film is the guy that that is. Yeah, he's the, no, he's the guy I, that's I, piloting I, the Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Like, but is he related to Sarazawa from the other films? Well, that's from, you know, I didn't even pick up on that. Well, that's what I was saying that um, I went to the. To Wikipedia, and I tried to figure out what it, yeah. what it was, and of course we can't really trust Wikipedia. But um, okay, plot summary: They stumble on a test of Mechagodzilla 
It is telepathically controlled by Ren Sarazawa, the son of the late Ichiro Sarazawa. Who knows if that's true, but there's got to be a connection. There's got to be a reason they named another scientist in this movie. Yeah. After the scientist character that's been in the last two movies. And of course, the scientist character from the first Godzilla in 1954. Did, did, by the way, did you guys know at all about Mechagodzilla before you saw it in the movie? I had guessed, but I was very wrong about it. I okay. thought that I, I actually thought that Godzilla in the trailer that we saw was going to be Mechagodzilla. Okay. And that it was going to be revealed that like that it, it just it was a fake Godzilla. Because I think there was something in the trailer that was like there was a, a line in the trailer questioning why Godzilla was attacking. Yes. Kong. So I ne I never saw the trailer. Uh, but when I watched the movie, that was my first thought when they were that first attack that Godzilla uh, takes part in. I thought it was like, oh, that's not really Godzilla. It's going to end up being Mecha Godzilla. So I was on the same, I think, uh, train of thought. Because is isn't isn't there a Godzilla movie that uh, I'm I'm sure Rick knows this, but isn't there a, or maybe the first one, the first Mecha Godzilla movie? Isn't that like the plot to one of the Godzilla movies where it turns out it's not Godzilla? Or am I imagining that? I got to tell you. I have to tell you honestly, the the films of the Godzilla series I've watched the least are any films involving Mecha Godzilla. I am not <laughs> a fan of Mecha Godzilla. Wow, uh, I know. Most why is fans, why is that? Um, I think I think just because I mean I like my monsters to be monsters, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and then oh here's this robot that comes in, you know, and they go you know, and they, and they and, oh they use him over and over and over again. And, always fails what idiots why do they keep bringing them back yeah that's been my attitude since i was a kid you know or a teenager at least you know when i first saw the, these movies and it was like i i've just never warmed up to mecha godzilla i think I, he's cool looking sometimes yeah, in, some, in yeah. some versions he's really cool looking. right yeah in this movie he's fantastically cool looking yeah um, uh, this actually might make me a fan of his but i gotta tell you the the of all the godzilla films the ones like and, and probably because they're the ones from the 70s uh for you know because he doesn't come in until like the like about 72 73 i've seen those movies least like i've probably seen each one maybe three or four times and i i own them i hardly ever watch them and the ones from the 90s with mecha godzilla i've only seen a couple times each even though i own them it's well, like i i and i don't watch the 90s ones a lot either so yeah of any of the any of the godzilla films i've mainly focused on those original ones up to about 1968 you know so but, the, uh, the first Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Mechagodzilla is an alien weapon that is disguised as Godzilla. So like they think Godzilla is causing all this destruction. Until that's yeah, correct. That, okay, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. So yeah. you were right. Yeah. So Godzilla comes up and they fight and it's revealed that there's a metal metal exoskeleton underneath. Yeah. I, I will say this about Mechagodzilla. I, I think Mechagodzilla looks really cool in, 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 in the movies, uh, not just the new one. Uh, but I always thought it was kind of weird that he's presented as an all-powerful machine that's supposed to destroy Godzilla. But it, it never seems like, you know, Godzilla takes care of that very easily. This in Godzilla versus Kong, I think this is the first time where I felt like, are they, how are they going to stop Mechagodzilla? Because he seems really powerful. And I always thought it was kind of like silly to have like, not silly, but it's just when you're dealing with giant monsters and one of them is a robot 
I didn't think the American versions would go there in the in the capacity that they did with Godzilla versus Kong, but they did, which I appreciate. And I like the look, the updated look. And I like, I kind of like how powerful Mecha Godzilla was in this movie. And it, it, it did seem like it was a match for uh, Kong and Godzilla. And I, I thought that was really cool. And I'm kind of indifferent about Mecha Godzilla. Like he's he's not my favorite, but like he he looks cool, and that's really like the extent of it. I don't know. I I really like it in this movie, but I have to not analyze it too much because it is one of those things where I I sometimes look at the design in a movie, or you you anybody you know you look at the design in a movie, and you wonder like how practical that is. Like it looks cool in a movie, but really, would people design it that way? Would and yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of look at Mechagodzilla and I'm like, okay, if you're trying to come up with a weapon, a versatile weapon that is going to be able to fight these kaiju, would you choose a bipedal robot like that tall? Like that kind of, kind of Im, impractical. So part yeah. of it, part of me was kind of wishing like, oh, I, I kind of wish it had been extraterrestrials, partly because I, I mean, I know Ghidorah was an alien. They talk about that in the last, in King of Monsters, but I would like to see the MonsterVerse spread to extraterrestrials now. I mean, maybe if, if I want to get into like crazy conspiracy theories, I don't that I don't think are going to ha- come about. Please don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not talking QAnon here. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's bad enough we have the Hollow Earth in this movie, and that's going to like some half of QAnon people going crazy. So I was I was going to say that I thought it would have been a really cool reveal if the aliens that were in control of Mechagodzilla in the 70s versions, if it had been revealed that the aliens were the reason that Mechagodzilla in this movie turned on the humans, because it just like, it it kind of like, isn't explained. They just kind of say like, he's making his own decisions now. And Mechagodzilla (laughs) decides to start destroying everything. Yeah. Uh, Where if the aliens had like, I don't know, maybe that wouldn't have been cool, but I just, yeah. Like that could be a way they bring that that into this movie. I wonder if they'll if, if they'll do like take because that's one of the the aspect that like of uh, about the original Godzilla movies they 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 incorporate a lot of different elements and that's one that I always like the kind of extraterrestrial uh, thing. I think with with this new one, especially with the Hollow Earth theory, it kind of grounds everything to just like these are monsters that have been here and have always been here. I wish that. I mean, not to say that that'll constrict the story going forward, but I I, I would like to see more space stuff uh, in this in these in, in this uh, the MonsterVerse series. So to to follow up on your uh, question about uh, whether I thought uh, Mechagodzilla would be in this movie, I didn't I didn't think he would be in this movie. I hoped he would be in this movie, mainly because. Um, at the end of uh, King of the Monsters, we see that they have one of the heads of uh, Ghidra. I thought, well, the next logical step, because these things keep escalating, is to bring in Mechagodzilla. So I, I was assuming he would be in it. I didn't know he was going to be in it. And then the next step after that is Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was... So I thought they're going to use that head to reconstruct, but do a Mecha version of Ghidorah. And then we would have both of them, you know, by the end of the film, it would go like, oh, here's Mechagodzilla. Oh my gosh, you guys stopped him. But no, we had this, you know? <laughs> so I thought, I thought, 
I mean, after this film, I didn't know if there was going to be another movie. So I thought they were just going to throw everything into it, you know? Yeah, it's not, it doesn't end as open-ended as, uh, for a movie that's supposed to incorporate a bunch of other things, it's not very (laughs) open-ended. That's because I don't think they, I don't think, they only have the rights to the characters through this film. So Mm -hmm. anything else would have to be renegotiated, I believe. I see, I see, I see. That makes sense. Well, the, the Wingard has said that he wants to do more films, but, you know. This is the first one out of any of them. This is the one where I think a sequel makes the most sense. Because this, I mean, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic or everybody is just starting to venture back out to theaters and it's still kind of not the the theater world that it was last year. But this was a humongous hit. Like, And people love it, which is not... Yeah, it's doing great. That that has not been the case with the others. The others have been a little bit more troubled and a little bit. That's because this one has Kong in it. So there yeah. we go. <laughs> so I, I think this one it, it it makes more sense to make a sequel to this than it did the definitely. other. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I certainly do hope they continue. Just like I know everybody's bringing out their favorite monsters that they want to see more of, but also I'm fine with them. In creating new monsters like i liked the stuff that we saw in uh in the hollow earth i even kind of liked the mudos i remember not being impressed with them in the first movie but in this one i was like this time i i re-watched the first uh godzilla i i liked them more yeah i had the same thought i, I was like ah oh, these 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 mudo things are actually pretty cool like they, yeah i, I actually liked cool. them from the beginning I, yeah. I i thought they were pretty creepy and so i liked them a lot yeah so i i I would be fine with them creating more giant monsters. I guess, I mean, well, they wouldn't be able to do it without Godzilla, but they can do more Kong movies and keep creating their own monsters that way. Yeah. If they don't want to renegotiate, but I don't know why they, I, I hope they would like to, uh, or maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, there's like you said, there seems to be a lot of buzz and this movie's doing really well given the situation that we're in, but I I think maybe the studios will will pay attention to that and maybe hopefully do something that's advantageous to them and and, and to the people who who actually like and enjoyed and enjoy these movies and maybe they'll, they'll, they'll continue forward. Cause I, I can't see why the studio would pass on this, especially uh, how successful it's been. I can only think it's just because they wouldn't want to spend whatever money Toho is asking for. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? I, I do think it's funny that this film doesn't even open in Japan until May. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, it's open everywhere else in the world except for Japan. Wow. There's a lot of kind of weird contractual things going on. Like, I think I, I, I forgot to look it up after talking about it with Carlos in our last episode, but didn't, isn't there something that kind of hamstringing the Japanese uh, side of this? Like, Toho can't make any Godzilla movies while while the American ones were being made. Well, I don't know if that's true because did I thought Shin Godzilla was in the middle of between God, yeah because that came out in be, in between Godzilla and yeah. God, and and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, you're right. I just remember maybe it was just they decided not to because I remember reading something that they were not like Shin Godzilla was kind of a special case, and I think it's maybe because it took a long time. Yeah, Naki Ano really is known for for taking a long time to finish his movies. So I think that one just kind of came out a lot later than they intended. Yeah. But I think I remember reading once that they just weren't going to focus on Godzilla while the American movies were still being made. 
Right. I, I I could be wrong. I <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems like <laughs> yeah, we I don't know. Get new but, rumors about Godzilla every other week. So yeah. <laughs> so we we you talked about Ghidorah in the last film. The post credit sequence has Charles Dance buying one of Ghidorah's heads. Looks kind of rotted. It, this movie, the the previous movies, they kind of all end with characters that we don't see again, right? Like, or hear from again, or hear their organizations again. Yeah, we don't hear anything about Charles Dance, and he he seemed to be in a post credit sequence that was like leading into a, a him being another uh, character in the next movie. But of course, right. that, when Mike Doherty was going to be doing a trilogy of these movies, and that never happened, so I'm sure the story made a major change but also the i don't know i guess considering this movie is several decades past the kong skull island timeline because kong skull island ends with that you know marvel post credit sequence of of the like basically the shield initiative or the avengers initiative right <laughs> where they're like let's tell you about monarch and we don't we don't see those people but they'd be probably dead by now anyway <laughs> but we do get that post-credit scene in the last movie, and I'm very glad that they at least brought back Ghidorah's head in not a way I was expecting, maybe a way I was a little bit disappointed with at first, but then I love the fact that they use it to basically turn Mechagodzilla into an Eva, where he yeah. is, is a mech that is telepathically controlled from a It's so funny you saying that, because when I first saw uh, Sarasawa inside the King Ghidorah head and controlling uh, supposedly controlling um mecha godzilla that's one of the first things i thought about it's like hey it's like neon genesis yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i i actually kind of really like that component and it and it brings back kind of like what pacific rim was trying to do with with, with that and I, I i hope they go in that in that direction and just kind of go for it like i i think that'd be really cool for for uh just for the the american franchise of uh, the godzilla kong movies because i i don't think that that's really a space that american movies really go into as as much as like japanese popular culture does in in anime and and, and manga and and, and film uh, i think that'd be really cool to see you know in like a big budgeted mainstream movie like this yeah i'm just trying to think of the how many times we've seen giant robots in american movies they're usually much more farmers. What's that? All the Transformers right. movies. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Robot jocks. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Good call. <laughs> um, robot jocks. Like robot that. jocks. Yeah. I, I <laughs> the first Transformers, and I just, uh, I never felt the, any desire to continue. I yeah. honestly didn't mind the Bumblebee movie. Oh, I, I actually, it. yeah, I like that one too. That was actually pretty good. I hear that one. That one is good. Yeah. Um, but also, I hear that it one was is enjoyable. I hear that one is good in comparison to the others. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've only seen the I've only seen the first three of the series, though of the of the regular Transformers series. Yeah, but other than that, like real like giant robot, kind of like the mech, uh, the Evangelion or the Gundam or whatever. It's this and uh, Pacific Rim. I, I mean, pretty much, yeah. But that, it is a very it is a very Japanese concept like that. I, I don't think that concept existed here before. Like since you mentioned Pacific Rim, I watched it. I watched it yesterday again. Yeah. yeah I was actually thinking about putting that in later today. Um, so something I, I, I noticed um, 
was both both this and Pacific Rim kind of have the same. I'm not. I'm not saying this movie copied Pacific Rim. It's a very different situation, but both of them do involve human characters trying to figure out a way to get into um, a hidden breach area, basically. Because in Pacific Rim, they have to be able to go into the breach to be able to, you know, to be yeah, able to, yeah. to close the gate, right? And in this film, they have to find a way into the hollow earth. Both of them involve doing this thing to defeat whatever they're, you know, whatever they're facing. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. And I suppose you could almost say it's a phallic thing, but having to <laughs> you know, something if you want to go Freudian on it. But I just, I just found it. There's actually kind of watching both of these movies back to back, like I did yesterday. Pacific Rim in this movie, uh, I thought, oh, there's kind of a parallel there. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the rift or the vortex in this movie because in in the last movie, so in in King of the Monsters, there's also a vortex, but it doesn't take them to Hollow Earth. It takes them to like Atlantis, like this undersea area. They never say it's Atlantis, though. No, they don't. But that's I'm saying that I just said that right. because it's kind of what it, it impl- is. implied. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in this one, the vortex takes them basically to hollow earth. And I I just don't know how I feel about that. Where It's like, doesn't that kind of contradict the idea of the hollow earth by adding like a vortex sort of? No, I mean, angle it, to it. it, just, it just well, I, like it could I, just have I, I would say this. If you. So say, because they always say that the monsters are using the hollow earth to get around the earth faster, right? But the distance across the earth is the same at any point around the earth. So if you're trying to get to point A to point B, whether you're going on land or whether you're going through the earth, it's still going to be a fairly huge distance. And unless you have something like the vortex, which like shoots you and rockets you through a big portion of it, you're still not going to get there like in record time, right? Yeah, okay yeah i, I yeah, that guess makes that sense. makes sense for the film world yeah i don't know if that's how it plays <laughs> but that, yeah that's how i was kind of thinking of the vortex is like well they're getting there a lot faster with this vortex right. shooting them you know yeah. so i just imagine one of the monsters going yeah you know, I, I, I actually I, I don't know why i said that because i remember having that thought and then changing that thought when when what you just brought up came to mind it's faster to travel as as <laughs> if you're traveling underground, like how long is it going to take if, yeah, if you don't have those vortex? <laughs> right. It's kind of light speed inside the earth. You know, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Or warp speed. You know, I, I do have a question though. And really I'm kind of, we're nitpicking at this point, but <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård, his brother died on a previous trip trying to get into hollow earth because the gravity inversion. And he says an entire planet's worth of gravity, like crushed him. Which and so they had to use these uh, the heaves, is what they call them. The they had to use these special ships to get past the the gravity. So if it's really a planet's worth of gravity, and King Kong King Kong Kong can just drop through it, and nothing happens to him, like he's a lot stronger than than appears to Anything. be fighting yeah. on land. Godzilla should not be able to put a scratch on him, basically. <laughs> Well, and he, to a certain extent, doesn't. I mean, yeah, he beats the snot out of him and almost kills him. But Godzilla is, I mean, Kong is incredibly resilient. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, I, I yeah, I don't, I, You, as you said, you are nitpicking. I 
I don't have an explanation for it because I don't really understand the physics at work there. So, yeah. I also wondered in these movies why they keep trying to shoot them. Like, I get missiles every <laughs> while. But like I, I think that in every Godzilla movie. When, yeah, I was gonna say I watched one recently. And was like, it's like, oh, you guys, you guys tried this twenty four times before. It doesn't work. Why yeah, it doesn't try. Why piss them off? You know, there's just let scene, them amble through. There's a scene in the twenty fourteen Godzilla where Aaron <laughs> yeah. Taylor Johnson pulls his handgun on Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you expecting that to do? It's kind of like that scene in at the end of Saving Private Ryan with Tom Hanks is shooting at the tank. They're hoping that that's the one. I, I mean, given it's a plane that destroys that tank, they're just kind of hoping that the one bullet is going to take out that the giant monstrosity that's he- heading towards them. Well, while I'm on the on the topic of and sometimes pulling your gun, sometimes pulling your gun, like in the, in a movie or something, or just that character. Sometimes pulling your gun is just a show of defiance. You know, it's like, okay, right, well, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm down to my last. <laughs> this is the last weapon I've got on me. I'm going to pull it whether you may take me out, but I'm going to put up a, you know, a defense. So, I mean, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah, sense. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But here's one I'm going to, I'm going to nitpick one more while I'm on it. All right. Apex Cybernetics has the worst security i've ever seen in even a fictional yes. company that how do those kids make it so far well they're not only that but bernie has a very public podcast exposing the secrets of the company he is working at <laughs> and he's not yeah. a very public podcast but he's he's anonymous and he's not he's not masking his voice on it though he's that's true he's apparently walking into se- sections of the facility that he's not supposed to be in it, with some regularity and uh, like and <laughs> i don't know but that he he randomly accidentally stumbles on multiple secret facilities in this movie with two young kids in tow and they're wandering through their test areas and nobody notices them yeah, I and they I, get a long they get all the way to Hong Kong before they're <laughs> before the evil lady, the lady with the evil haircut notices them. Yeah. yeah. As it, Josh puts it. Yeah. I, I think that's I, the moment I the moment I uh, I saw the that that character of um he's the janitor, right? Is that is that what he is? Or no, he, he's he's actually an engineer. Oh, he he is? Yeah, he's, he's second level engineering. Oh, okay. No, no, he's not second level because he's running He's, he's no, he says he was second level. Well, well, he's escaping when Godzilla is attacking the first apex facility, and he sees another group, and the person is yelling, "Level two employees, level two employees, this way!" And he runs in with them because he's heading out a different way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, he describes yeah. himself as second level engineering later on. Okay, well, shoot, I don't know, maybe because he says that to Simmons, you may not, you might, yeah, you may not know who I am. But yeah, second level. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, like, all like, I was going to say was that once I saw that character pop up, I knew it was going to be a Godzilla movie because it already like he, like he's one of the first characters that get gets introduced in, in, the, in the movie. And it just already like the energy felt different. And I really like I knew that I was going to be in for a good movie that I at least was going to enjoy. And 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 I wasn't wrong about that, which I, I was so glad because I was really hoping like, I hope this is it. I hope this is the fun one. And it was. Yeah, and like I said, I I gained a, a newfound appreciation for Godzilla 2014, even though I think it sidelines its most interesting actors and and 
kills them. them. Yeah, and replaces them with, I mean, I don't like to get too negative as we talked about last show, but an actor who, or, or at least a character who is just not interesting, just super dull. And uh, the second movie has just ridiculous, terrible human stuff, but really great action that I still am kind of wowed by watching just the, the, um, the beauty in those scenes of like the flying monsters. I think they look great. Kills Sally Hawkins for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel like that's just those actors didn't want to keep doing those movies. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because they kill off pretty much the, the two remaining links to the first movie. Yeah. And they kill her pretty early. And I know part of it is, well, anybody could die at any time. It's one of those things. Oh, she's a name actor. She's an Oscar nominee, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll kill her early. And, you know, that way, oh, any of these people could go at any time, you know. And that's a, it's the Janet Lee effect, you know. Yeah, but they also don't don't make too big a deal out of it. When she went away, they I don't. was like, whoa, whoa, that like that's what they're doing with this character. Yeah, um, but she was my favorite actor in all the films. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say this new one does kind of relegate that well that that kid the i can't remember his name millie bobby brown's friend the one that's driving the van or josh josh that's yeah it's the kid from hunt for the wilder people yeah i was gonna say that um he's he's fun he's fun but he's he's just kind of the chatterbox best friend who doesn't actually get to say a lot he's just there for much of the movie but yeah, he just acts scared most of the time until he has his big moment you know so yeah but I, like I said, I mean, nitpicking his eye, this was super fun. I hope they do more. Uh, it, it seemed to get like, I don't know. You can't, I can't really say it got it right or wrong in any case, but this seemed like it found a really good tone, stuck with it. Uh, I mean, we've got Kong doing a, a diehard jump off of an aircraft character as there's an explosion behind him uh, so i was i was gonna say that aircraft carrier there's there's so there's the moment where he's standing he actually he actually he actually leap, he leapfrogs to a battleship to the aircraft carrier yes he, he does a frogger thing yeah and then he's on the aircraft carrier and when godzilla comes up through the water it looks like kong is on a surfboard Oh yeah, well, and I, I thought, oh, they are resisting the urge to put in a surf guitar riff here. <laughs> they are fighting it so hard because I, can't, you know, I keep waiting for it on the soundtrack and it doesn't show up. And I'm like, well, it would have ruined the movie if they had done that. <laughs> Everybody would have rolled their eyes and got, oh god. But at the same time, it looks like he's on a like incredible surfboard. That that scene had some really great, really great editing and shots in it. Like I love that shot of the guy on the aircraft take, carrier taking off as God, as Kong is behind him. Oh like, yeah. Oh, that was great. The, yeah. The camera is in the cockpit of the jet and you just see Kong behind the pilot. Um, and all of the underwater stuff look cool. I like, I'm a sucker for monsters in the water, of course. So I love seeing Godzilla swim. I like it when his fins come up and are just kind oh, of yeah. like serpentining through the water. Uh, it's so good looking. I liked when Kong used one of the jet planes as a dart, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went, woof, you know, and we're, we're reading all this into it. He's just throwing it at Godzilla, but it looks like he's throwing a dart, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we should talk more about the hollow earth segment just because this movie, I felt like it was about to get very sad 
when Kong went down there and we find out there are no more apes. And it, we do find out there are no more apes, but he does. He also doesn't, the, the scene doesn't play out sad. The scene plays out triumphant because there's also a castle and a throne and he grabs that magic ax and sits on the throne. And it's, it, it is a Conan the Barbarian moment. It is a sword and sorcery moment that is played like it's super cool, not like it's sad that he's the last of his kind. But of course, they both apparently... Well, we don't know that he's the last of his kind, actually. We, we don't know, but it that seems to be... Well, that's what he knows at the moment. We, we know his parents died on the island. But were his parents the actual rulers of the Hollow Earth, or were there other apes? Are they are they elsewhere? Was there a reason why they left the Hollow Earth? Was there a reason why Kong's were Kong's, you know, parents exiled to Skull Island? Do I mean, we don't know the backstory there. You could do anything with that. Yeah, true. Uh, that so that's one I would like to see. That seems like the logical point for the next Kong movie, right? A Hollow Earth movie. I think yeah, Kong Hollow Earth would be great. Honestly, seeing the Hollow Earth in this film made me want them to do a Pellucidar film so badly, you know, at the Earth's core, you know, or Edgar, yeah. Rice, Edgar Rice Burroughs, because I mean, I, you know, I, I love Burroughs so much as a kid. And I've always wanted it. I mean, I like at the Earth's core, the, the, the film they actually did. I would love to see an update on it, especially when they see the Hollow Earth in this thing. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And when the, the little flying, uh, the little prehistoric birdies that come down in, in the throne room. My first thought was Mayhars. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, except Mayhars don't look that bird like, you know, they look more like pterodactyls, but I still was like really overjoyed at, at, at just the thought of being a really cool Pellucidar film being made. I've, I've actually never read Pellucidar. I've read three or four of the John Carter books, but um, that's it. I read them all. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I just finished watching, or rather re-watching for the umpteenth time, the 2005 uh, Peter Jackson King Kong. So, Oh, nice. I, I, I want to re-watch that again. Yeah, same. That, that I actually really like it. We, we watched it a couple years ago with Pandora. That, w- that wasn't part of this rewatch this time, but I want to see it again. It's weird. <laughs> After working at Universal, because the theme park uses the King Kong score everywhere, like right. the special effects stage, at, at just like the the on the streets you can hear the score mm-hmm. and so i i didn't rem- i hadn't seen the movie in a while and i didn't quite recognize it when i was at universal so for the three years i was there i was just like oh this is the music at the at, at special effects show uh in the queue line and then we, so when i was watching the movie it was a very bizarre experience like never, <laughs> it, it just didn't feel like any of the music fit the scenes for, because i I only associated it with standing outside of Springfield, basically. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Hey, that's a Simpsons <laughs> song, man. Really, we just want to talk about King Kong versus Godzilla, right? Uh, well, we wanted to fit, we just wanted to fit it into the conversation because we didn't really talk about it. And I think the intent was to do a little comparison. Yeah. So, um, Unlike it has to be. So, Carlos, have you seen King Kong versus Godzilla? Yes. Yes. I watched Did it recently. <laughs> Did you watch the American or the Japanese? Uh, American version. Okay, because I, I was able to find a version of the Japanese version on archive.org. And yeah, that's right. I got it like years ago. Yeah, and um, so I'm not actually sure. I didn't look up what all the differences were. Uh, uh, about, something... uh, about eight minutes. Okay. It, it's it's much longer than the, the Americanized version. 
That's usually the case. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you watch them, cause I watched them back to back and um, the structure of the scenes with the, uh, the pharmaceutical boss is a lot different. There's more of that in the film, okay. in the Japanese version. There, and so, and I think it's a lot of stuff that would be lost on Americans, just in some of the attitudes and all that stuff. And some of the, some of the jokiness is kind of gone. And then of course they put in a lot of American like news, the UN stuff and all that, you know? So that humor, I mean, I I'm used to these movies being funny and there being some goofiness in this period of, of Kaiju film, but I was very surprised by the sense of humor in this one that it almost played at times like kind of a an old Hollywood style buddy comedy. It has um, a little Bob Hope feel to it. That's what I was going to say. I wasn't sure what you were going to say, but I was going to say it felt a little bit like a one of the Road Two movies with yeah. the two with the two ad executives that are going to the to find Kong. Yeah, and and well, not, the, not, the the jungle on the island is a lot like the one in uh, Road to Bali. Okay. I'm trying to remember if I've seen that one. I've only seen the, I think I've seen Road to Singapore and Road to Utopia. I don't know. Whichever, whichever one the the Bob Hope monkey was in, which was terrifying. I don't know if any of you remember that. I have not seen those movies. Okay. <laughs> I, think that was Sing- I, think that was, I think that was Singapore. Okay. So I've seen Singapore, not Bali. Um, or maybe it was Bali. I don't remember. I've seen them all, and they get. I have, but it's been years since I watched all of them. But I do remember this, the jungle scenes in Bali. How many where, are there? I thought there were only like, like two. No, there's like seven. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but like oh. one of them is just like well, there's actually I think six, and then there's like the yeah. seventh that's just it, it's them together as their characters from those movies where they make an appearance or something like that. Oh, I see, I see. But they were also always dropping in on each other's films, you know, you know, in like little cameos or at least yeah. Crosby, I know showed up in a couple of Bob Hope films just in the background or, or you know, and then I was watching, uh, what was I watching? I was watching some Bob Hope film the other day and he just makes a side reference about Crosby. You know, <laughs> talking to the audience. <laughs> That's really cool. And he just says, "Oh, that sounds like something Crosby would do." You know, <laughs> I really, I, I really like like that kind of like breaking the fourth wall humor in older movies because it, it sometimes like... works and it sometimes doesn't. But yeah. I mean, even this movie was meant to be. Uh, it was a movie he did with Catherine Hepburn, where they really do not work together very well, and apparently did not on the set. Oh, and it man. was a, it was sort of a, an up, updating of Nanachka. And, oh, okay, yeah. And it was made in the late fifties, and so Catherine Hepburn is playing the Greta Garbo part. Basically, it's it's not a remake of Nanachka, but it's sort of an updating of the type of type of storyline. The story, yeah. So yeah. she's like a Soviet. Uh, uh, yeah, what was she? She's like a, a Soviet spy, or like yeah. A, 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 some military member of some sort. And then, and he's, and he's of course a mil, an American military guy. And then they end up having to work together, you know, or, and trying to thwart the Soviets taking her back. She's trying to, she's trying to defect. Yeah. And, what, what is this one called? Uh, I have to look it up because I can't, oh, okay. I, I've been trying to think of what the name of the thing was. I just watched it a couple of <laughs> and it's not that good. Uh-huh. It, it's not particularly good. And that's why I can't remember the name of it, but I just watched it. 
and uh, I'd have to look it up my database. But is it the Iron Petticoat? That's it. Thank you. Oh, okay, cool. I'm yeah. gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's um, it doesn't really work, and I guess when they were making it, um, they had the script, and Hepburn was on board with it, and they were having trouble pinning down. They wanted Cary Grant originally, and then they went through a couple of other ones, and they actually ended up with Bob Hope. But when you get Bob Hope, you get Bob Hope's writers. And so eight of his writers came in and rewrote the script to add a bunch of jokes for him. And so you get this weird kind of meshing of styles. You know, it's 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 obviously a couple of screenplays jammed together. And uh, yeah, and there are moments where they and together they're they're OK. I mean, they, they they're not terrible together. The two, the two of them, uh, they they don't but they never really have chemistry and um yeah, and so and and Hepburn, I think, is miscast in the role. Oh man! Even even though it doesn't sound like it's it, it's good, I, I it's something that it's still something I might check yeah, out. Any, yeah, any, for me, any film is worth watching yeah, at least course. once. Yeah, yes. just just you know. So that's yeah. that's kind of my my motto is I'll watch any movie once. And so I had to put this one off, and I said, oh, it's on TCM. I think I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and there were moments where I liked it, and I laughed at a few of Hope's lines. So it wasn't it wasn't a total failure. I, I was going to say, it sound, it, it's surprising sometimes that any movie from this, like, original star system in Hollywood turned out good at all. Sometimes you, you hear the stories about how everybody – in the movie had a different idea of what they wanted to do and right the stars would say like no i don't want to do that my character wouldn't do that when it, it maybe that is the entire crux of the character in the movie it's like, not even the, it's not even the star system it's today i mean it's amazing any movie gets made yeah but i i mean i feel like today there's more maybe because in maybe the star I'm, system in the star system so in the 50s this wasn't so much the studio doing this as it was just they had the screenplay and they didn't want to ditch it and they just trying to save everything they could and they wanted to get an actor on board with it so they went to all the you know trying to get all the available actors and stuff that wasn't a really a star system thing so it, it was more like an independent thing you know so it would be more like a movie today where you don't really have a star system anymore it's you just have independent studios and i mean you have a couple major studios but you have a lot of independence and it's like, and everybody's pretty much a free agent. Nobody's like tied to a con, unless they have like a six picture deal or something like that, but nobody's tied like body and soul to a studio anymore. I, I read a little while ago, um, a couple of years ago, actually now, it was it was sometime before the that show Feud. I read a book about the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And in that book, I can't remember which movie it was. I don't think it was Baby Jane, it was others, but both of them kind of would go to a director and just like say, I'm not going to do this thing in the script and we're yeah. going to add all of this other story stuff. And I'm not actually coming back to set until you do it. It's like, man, it's amazing. These movies came out good <laughs> that like yeah. so many people agreed. And, and so many people that aren't writers that are just like, you need to give me 15 more minutes of screen time in this movie somehow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I guess back to Kong. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. We haven't even started. <laughs> so, well, kind of, kind of. I've been recording all of this, and we yes, talked about. But it. We hadn't but, really gotten to Kong yet. So no, no. I was gonna, but I was gonna say in the humor in that movie, like it is goofy, but it's also a bit more refined than I was. It, it had a a more 
specific intent in the comedy in that movie than I, I may be used to in in some of the sillier monster mashups. And I found it very pleasant. Like even if I didn't laugh at a lot of it, I thought it was a really nice tone that the movie achieved. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was intended as a satire of, you know, advertising and marketing. And I thought that's fantastic that, you know, it wasn't just, hey, we're gonna put these two big monsters in a movie together. It's like, hey, hey, we're gonna make it a satire of marketing. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like really? Uh, that, that that that's so funny that reminds me of uh i watched the uh, little oh, no that's not what it's called big man japan uh recently right um so in in in, in big man japan uh they uh the advertisers uh the tv people uh use his body to to promote different things uh different products uh and we see the different uh sponsors throughout the movie uh during the monster fights um and it, most it's just it's such a i feel like that's like the direction that these type of movies kind of are going and i think with kong uh king kong versus or godzilla versus king is it king kong versus godzilla or the other way around the well the one yeah go ahead oh the 60s one is king kong versus godzilla the new one is godzilla versus kong so yeah so the 60s one um i just like that 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 was sort of included in that and in it was so i think because it seems kind of silly, it, it is an interesting approach to this movie. Because if you think about it, I mean, this is a, a kind of cross-promotional product. The the movie itself, uh, it's uh, one co- uh, film company's product against another one, and it is an event, and it's more of a thing than it is. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just it feels more like a commodity than. Than any other kind of movie, and I like that that it sort of sort of poke fun uh, pokes fun at itself in that regard. Well, it also fits perfectly with King Kong because King Kong, well, the story of King Kong has always been about exploitation. I mean, yeah. it, it's always about exploiting this resource or the, this uh, creature or uh, a person, almost. You know, like it's about exploiting someone or something for profit. There's a racial metaphor that can be that a lot of people call out in the film. You know, oh, in, yeah. in the King Kong, oh, which yeah, I it, feel it, is kind of racist in itself. You know, but you know, it it is hard to it is hard not to see that in there, though. Like the the right. I mean, we can just quote that scene from Inglorious Bastards, where you know it is white man going to an island and finding something that they can exploit bringing it back in chains and just displaying it and absolutely it yeah. perform tricks so i, I mean i see yeah. where and, see and tarantino where that, wasn't the first one to ever point that out oh no so, no no i just yeah. i i i understand that but that's um, where a, a lot of pulp today everybody knows it from inglorious bastards but yeah it's but that 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 the idea of that metaphor has been around for a long time. I had not seen King Kong versus Godzilla before. I watched it just a, a few days ago, and well, first of all, like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot more fun. I I I, I was familiar with all of the gifts of it, of the fights and the King Kong shoving the tree down Godzilla's throat, and <laughs> which is how... called a, which is called a new one also when he uh, tries to shove the axe down his throat. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the handle of the axe, and that's like a callback almost. I'm, I'm hoping they did that on purpose. I have to imagine, uh, yeah. like reading reading some things Adam Wingard has said about the new Kong, that he 
he patterned Kong after Bruce Willis and Die Hard and Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> and I and you can see that when he like he he fixes his dislocated shoulder and um oh my god oh yeah <laughs> yeah lethal weapon lethal weapon absolutely <laughs> i didn't think of that that's so cool <laughs> so i have to imagine that he put that in there he knew what the references reference was going to be because i'm sure he would have done his research he's he's got to have seen this movie king kong oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah i don't think he he came on just as a director for hire i think he knew what he was doing um but king kong versus godzilla I found it to be super enjoyable. The Japanese version. I haven't seen the American. Um, They're both enjoyable. It's just there's a, the the pacing's just a little bit different in, in between them. That's that's all it is. It's the Japanese one's a little bit longer, and the pacing is just a little. There's more more comedy in the Japanese one, and a lot less of the kind of news footage kind of stuff. So okay, I I will say that that scene on the island before before they find Kong, I think, with the octopus was yeah. really surprising. I That was super cool. Yeah, I love yes, that. I love that, that scene. Was, that was so fun. I forgot about that. that it, was, yeah. it was fun, and I keep talking about how well they can blend elements in this when they're going from composite shots and you know models to actual people to then you're just seeing the thing. And it looks so convincing because they were able to just put a octopus over the model <laughs> the model of the uh the tents and everything so it looks cool but all of the stuff of them in the foreground like when they're throwing torches at it and you can tell they're they're obviously they're just composite in there the the torches are falling off of some sort of screen but it it looked really well blended like it it looked really good it was a very impressive like kaiju fight scene yeah, actually, the I, I feel like the, this one has a lot of really good effects. Like that that fight at the end at uh, a Tommy Castle. I always for some I don't know what it is, but I always love that moment where they're just kind of face to face with the castle and the in between them, and then they're just like they just go at it, and and the way that that castle like crumbles, it just feels like they're it's. Like they really put a lot of work into making that model, and 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 it, it just brings me so much joy. I just always look forward to that scene at the end. Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm definitely, I will be coming back to this one, like watching yeah. this one again. I I I did think it was funny that um because you know because we had I I did I did rewatch the the two seventies Mechagodzilla movies yesterday and this morning, and they uh, they mentioned going to Azumi Castle in in the in the last one and i was like but didn't they destroy that King Kong versus Godzilla? <laughs> oh well we can't it's no longer there <laughs> we can't uh well we we can't apply a strict chronology to these movies i don't think they care about no. continuity yeah i don't either but i you know yeah. But I just thought it was very funny. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe they rebuilt it in 13 years and it's like considered the same castle again. I don't know. But, you know. You had anything else you want to say about King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, anything like that? I mean, I, lo I love it. I've, I've seen it many, many times since I was like probably about 13 years old. It, it was one of the, I would say it was probably the, like maybe the second or third Godzilla movie I ever saw because Megalon was the first one in the famous John Belushi showing. I, 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 I never um, even knew there was a King Kong versus Godzilla film 
until it just showed up one day in the afternoon. I was like, how did I even not even know this existed? And it was just like stunning to me that it did. And I'm going, King Kong doesn't look a thing like it. And so I, I kind of hated the movie at first because it wasn't Kong, you know, it wasn't King Kong to me. It was like, ah, some guy in a suit. But over the years, as I've rewatched it, I, I have fallen deeply in love with it. I, I actually, he, he looks shabby. He looks kind of, you know, silly. I mean, in that costume, he's, he's just, and there's actually several costumes and, and they all look a little bit different. And, uh, and so he, he kind of like changes his look several times in the film and it doesn't, but it all kind of works, you know, it's just, you just kind of go with it. It's like, well, Godzilla's a guy in a suit. I guess King Kong could be a guy in a suit too. And it's like, you just kind of accept it after a while. And I really enjoy their fight scenes. Yeah, they're, they're great. But also the shabbiness of the costume. If you put it alongside Ape, which I watched kind of around the same time as a group watch with you, right. th this costume is state of the art. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And he's not flipping off anybody either, like an ape. So. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess bonus points to ape for ingenuity. Yeah. That's its one moment of ingenuity. And maybe using a giant a giant dead shark. Uh, I did have a question for you guys. And it's something that's that that's kind of come up as I've been looking for uh, new kaiju movies to see. But have any of you seen uh, King Kong Escapes? And is it good? Uh, actually, I watched it the other day. I, I own the DVD. Is it good? I actually meant I actually meant to bring it up because the Mecha Kong that is in that <laughs> film is actually the predecessor of Mecha Godzilla. Whoa! Really? Yeah. And oh the, yeah, yeah. This is from the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. This is from nineteen sixty-seven, yeah. and this film is a co-production between Rankin Bass and Toho, and so Ishiro Honda did direct the film, so it was still a Toho. Uh, creation uh, it's a combination of the two Rankin Bass were the designers of the uh, Kong Mecha Kong and the Kong costume that's used in it um, which is better than the one in this movie um, but it still has that well I, I, I don't know if it's better but it has that Rankin Bass feel if you've ever seen any of their their stop motion puppet films like you know Rudolph think of the Bumble and then think of the Bumble as Kong basically um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of get that. You kind of, kind of cross your eyes, and you're kind of, you know, looking at the the Kong from King Kong versus Godzilla, and 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 the Bumble, and you'll kind of get the Kong that's in uh, King Kong Escapes. And it does definitely have that feel. It has a really decrepit looking, awesome <laughs> villain whose name is Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't cool. know if he's named that because they're trying to, you know, because the, the the Doctor Who show is starting to get popular at right. that same point. Um, so <laughs> I don't know funny. if that was on purpose or uh, it was definitely after the two Cushing films, but the series was on TV. Um, and uh, and uh, Mihama is in it and she's in a couple of uh, the Godzilla movies, but, uh, but she was uh, the Japanese secret agent who works with uh, James Bond in uh, You Only Lived Twice. And so she, yeah, she's, she's the villainous, she's the, the female villain in this movie. It actually, it's pretty enjoyable. I like it. It, it, it does have that rank and vast feel to it though. So you, you keep waiting for like stop motion puppets and, you know, like, like you keep waiting for, you know, Santa Claus or somebody to come around the corner. But, um, well, now I'm I'm more excited for that. I, oh, I wasn't I, expecting I would really like to see a Bumble Kong fight. So, yeah, uh, 
No, yeah, it, 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 it I, I can't believe I don't think I'd ever heard about this until recently, and it kept coming up, but I couldn't find it to stream anywhere. So it yeah, looks like maybe I, uh, I'll buy this one. Yeah, I first saw that one uh, in the same series that I saw uh, King Kong vs Godzilla and all the other ones when ah. I was a teen. So yeah, I'd seen it for many, many years, and I, I've seen it many times. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good time. You've seen it, Aaron? I have not. No. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I totally <laughs> have it in my notes, but I didn't open my notes here. So, I, yeah, I, I, I had to make yeah, I had to uh, make a note of that because I, I I wanted to you know hear an opinion about it because yeah, it's a it's a fun yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, it look it looks like it. And it sounds like it. Um, other other than uh, than than that question, uh, I've been watching rewatching some of the Godzillas, and we we've talked we talked about it on your show, um, Aaron. Um, and other other movies, I watched X from Outer Space uh, before I listened to your episode because I had not seen that. Um, that was really cool. And while listening to that episode, I was shocked to find out that you weren't so fond of War of the what is it? War of the Gar- Gargantuas. War of the Gargantuas. Yeah, I, I I I that to me felt like something that was like would be up your alley, Aaron. And it I just, gotta give it. I, yeah. I gotta give it another shot. I mean, I've given it several now, but mm. like you saying that, and Rick loving it, and so many people whose tastes I respect, admire, or find fall in line with my own love of this movie. There's something about it that kind of puts me off. Like, like my attention starts to wander like during it and i like i said in the episode i think a lot of it might fall down to russ tamblin who i'm usually excited to see is just like a like a very off-putting presence in that movie very disappointing yeah and and so and then when we were talking about it there's a lot of stuff that of course i like and looks look of it that i i kind of like but i don't know i i just i don't get it <laughs> and i <laughs> yeah I that's you. fair that's fair. i i want to get it and that's why yeah. i keep re-watching it but it just isn't yeah. it, it doesn't grab me the way that it does most other people and like i said like i liked the original movie the frankenstein conquers the world or or frankenstein yeah. versus baragon whichever you want to call it that that one i think i like better it, it's so funny because i didn't realize because you mentioned you mentioned that in the episode i didn't know there was a a first part to this and i also did not know that there was uh sort of it seemed like it was like a semi-sequel to x from outer space right oh the 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 monster x strikes back attack the g8 summit yeah that yeah 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 i didn't realize that was like uh tied to to x from outer space and i've seen i've seen the two movies you talked about uh, on the show but I, I i was unaware that especially for the first one that there was something or the second movie you talked about that led into that i think that's also on archive.org i can put links up to these maybe yeah because i keep mentioning them on the show yeah and uh, other than that you guys also uh you mentioned gappa which I, I had not heard of and i watched it and at first when i was watching it i was kind of like disappointed i was like this is kind of silly i well, thought it'd yeah, be better silly. Yeah, but then the moment that turned me around was that first, like uh, that first scene in the in the city where they're both uh, attacking the city, and then they get attacked by the by the jet fighters. I was 
totally blown away at how good and entertaining that scene was. And that, and that's what turned me around to the movie and I actually did end up enjoying it. And I don't know what I was expecting because I've been watching stuff like stuff like this all week. Like I, uh, yeah, but I was just like, I, I thought it would be better. And then it was like, okay, I see why this, uh, why, uh, uh, I think both of you uh, really enjoy this movie. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. And, um, other than that, I watched space amoeba, which I thought oh, was, yeah. which I thought was pretty good. Uh, it was, it was kind of, I, I wish there was more of the, of the monster in the movie. I don't think there was yes. enough of that. That was cause it, I thought it looked pretty cool. And it was interesting. Just that, that concept it, it's not new, but I just, I just liked that. And it was, it was, it was a cool movie. Uh, and, um, and then other than that, I mean, I mentioned big man, Japan, I had not seen that and I had put it off for a long time because I thought it looked kind of silly. And, I thought it was just going to be a silly movie, but when I put it on, I actually really loved the movie. Like I, I did not realize or know that it was uh, shot in a mockumentary style. And that just like completely like the moment I figured that out when it, in the movie, I was like, why didn't I watch this sooner? Because I ended up really loving that movie. It was so creative and unique and just weird and, I really had a lot of fun with it and uh, maybe it's, it's because I hadn't sought out the movie. So it, it just like, I, I guess I forgot like what it was and waiting so long, it kind of contributed to that kind of being wowed by it, but by that movie itself, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about this movie, but I really loved it. Oh yeah. I really liked uh, big man Japan. I haven't seen it since it first came out, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah. And that's one that's kind of always underwhelmed me. I've never really, I, 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 I was, ex, I think you, Aaron, actually told me about it. And a couple other people told me about it. And I was, and, but I think you guys oversold it. Cause when I watched it, I just kind of went, eh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I thought the monsters were <laughs> like so t- uh, frightening because they, they look so familiar, but so. I would agree with that. Distant, but, yeah. like. <laughs> but i found the guy frightening too so that's true yeah (laughs) i was just like i don't want to see that guy walking you know yeah kind of diaper i don't want to see it walking yeah it's a little too much flesh for me so well yeah that's the that's why i don't go watch sumo wrestling (laughs) um go go ahead aaron oh i was just i was just gonna say like uh I don't know. I don't know. I was just going to talk about my movies, but we're still talking, so I don't want to like derail. Oh no! Yeah, go ahead. I that was that was the last movie that I wanted to mention. Everything else is like Godzilla related. I I finished finally all the Godzilla movies this year. It took me like three years to do it, but I finished the last few that I had, and then I watched the the original uh, American and Japanese versions of uh, Godzilla. And yeah, it's just it's been kaiju all around here. I don't know what other movie i've watched that it doesn't feature a giant monster in it this yeah. past week uh yeah i i think I've, I've kind of talked about all the ones that i watched on the shows that we've been on i i, I went through and i was looking at my letterbox to see like well was there something like some real off the wall discovery and uh, other than like stuff like king kong versus godzilla which we've already just talked about I, I've kind of been re-watching a lot of stuff or or just seeing stuff that we for discussion on the show. But one I rewatched that I did mention 
that maybe I want to talk about just for a second is I rewatched uh, The Green Slime after we had our X from Outer Space episode. So good. It is, it's great. And I, I, mean, I think maybe when I first saw it, I wasn't as familiar with Kinji Fukasaku, but now rewatching it and I can see his style in it and I can see how, how still kind of modern it looks. I mean, it doesn't look like an action or a sci-fi or horror movie today, but it certainly looked like at least 10 to 15 years ahead of its time in terms of uh, just some of his camera framing and lighting which, which of course just goes to the cinematographer as well. But the look of it looked looked like, what year did that come out? Um, 68. Yeah, because it looked like an 80s movie. It looked kind of like it could have been a Paul Verhoeven action movie, the way he uses lens flare and everything and the the bluish lighting and uh, just how people look in, the, in, that, in those hallways. I don't know. I, maybe I'm not doing a good job describing it, but that movie is so much fun. It's so great. I haven't watched it in years. And I, I was kind of <laughs> getting a little upset because the DVD, the Warner Archive DVD calls it one of the wildest and funniest rubber suit monster movies. <laughs> and that movie is not particularly funny. It, <laughs> no. The funniness, the humor is that they're looking at it and going, well, look how silly this space station looks. Or Yeah, they're looking the, at it as unintentionally funny. But, but, yeah. but that movie is, is really serious. And I remember that yeah. actually like the first time I saw it, thinking like, oh, this is going to be a wild and funny movie. And watching it and being kind of like, this isn't, this isn't funny at all. <laughs> and the characters are, are kind of all a little bit unlikable in different ways, but still also compelling yeah it, it's a really good movie the monsters i think look really cool and the way that they operate is very terrifying i've actually not seen this movie but i feel like within the last like month like i've heard about this movie so i'm i think i might rent this because yeah, if you, it, it, i mean if you listen to our episode you heard us talk about green Slime. yeah yeah um, there's a there's a there's a warner archive uh dvd of it oh That's sweet cool. yeah and also the director uh directed battle royale yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, was... oh and the yakuza papers the battles without yeah honor and humanity uh-huh that's crazy i didn't wow i did not know that that i'm definitely i'm definitely green slime is something it sounds like it's it has a great theme song Oh yeah, I, I love a great theme song. <laughs> oh, this one, yeah, the green slime. Yeah, it's like <laughs> other other than green slime, is there anything else you've been watching? Well, you know, a lot of monkey movies, a lot of Godzilla yeah. movies. Um, we wa- watched Destroy All Monsters with, uh, of course, yeah, with my oldest, and my oldest made a shocking admission to me that, well, it's not actually that shocking, but we've been watching Godzilla movies for at least a decade now. And she's gone to see every one of them in the theater that we can go see. And I, we would rent them when I was working at Blockbuster still. We would rent whatever they had and watch those. That we watched Destroy All Monsters, which she hadn't seen before. And then we watched the new Godzilla. And she didn't like the new Godzilla. And she was like, you know, I like, I like it when Big Lizard stomp building. But I don't like anything else. <laughs> and... <laughs> Part of me was like, well, that's kind of fair. You, you know, the humans aren't actually that interesting in, in a Godzilla movie, but still, like, I was a little sad to hear that. 
it feels like this this thing that we've been kind of like sharing off and on for the past 10 years is like well eh, that's over she's grown up <laughs> yeah it, it oh man yeah it happens it, it, it's it's heartbreaking every every time but the <laughs> i i did <laughs> i i mean I kind of really like I like Godzilla movies, but a lot of the reason why I like that is because I like giant monsters destroying buildings. <laughs> like, it's just like it's why I'm there and I just love it so much. And I think that's why the the new one, I I, I like I really enjoyed it because it, it got to it pretty quick. And there was just a, a lot of great moments and and. That's what I like rewatching uh, in 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 the Godzilla movies. Yeah. Luckily, my cat has not uh, grown out of watching monster movies. So, uh, <laughs> did you say well, your she, cat? You you put on yeah you put on a Godzilla movie. <laughs> she's she's on the she she looks at the TV. You know that's awesome. If, if I put on <laughs> if I put on just a drama or something like that she leaves the room. Put back on a monster movie. She's back in watching it or hanging out at the, at the very least hanging out in the room. So, and like, if Jen turns on Supernatural, that cat's right there, you know? So she likes monsters. She likes makeup. She likes things like that. Anything else, she's like, ah, I can't bother with you guys. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. I actually have a picture of her. I have, actually have a picture of her. I think it was Close Encounters or something. I can't remember what it was, but I have her. Oh, oh no, no, no. I think it was Forbidden Planet. Something like oh, that. But, but, but she's like sitting yeah. on the bed and I have a picture of the camera behind her. And she's like just staring at the TV, you know? So I don't know what it is. Yeah, I ha- yeah, I have a movie cat too. That uh, anytime a movie goes on, she'll come around and just uh, sit next to us on the couch for a while. <laughs> it yeah, almost feels like funny. they absorbing the movie. I'm like, hey, yeah. maybe they maybe they I, like I movies think it's too. Just they want to be with you, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah true, do, of course, but, yeah. But she doesn't want to be with me when I watch like a like a you know Scorsese film. She's like, <laughs> oh my god, gangsters again! I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> there must be something like primal about these movies that the cats are attracted to. I uh, could be, could be. <laughs> Don't know. Well, I will say that I do have a replacement daughter. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, that's true. <laughs> my four-year-old is right now falling in love with kaiju because I've been watching a lot of them this last couple of weeks, and she hadn't seen any before. Um, but I have, I have a couple of Mothra toys. Like I have a big Mothra, like kind of realistic looking, well, realistic looking Mothra that is big and plastic. And I have a little kind of like chibi toy that's about two inches tall of Mothra. And she loves both of them. And after seeing that there's movies, she's been demanding to watch Mothra. And so we, like I said, we watched, or I mean, I said privately in a text that we watched some of Godzilla versus Mothra, but we didn't get too far into it before she fell asleep. Uh, We were watching... I can't remember which one I was watching. I think I was watching um, King of the Monsters and she was still in the in the room and caught some of it. And I thought the movie was getting a little bit too extreme for her because she's only four, but she was watching the screen. I'm like, I'm like, do you, do you want to watch something else? Let's do something else. And she like, she wouldn't let me turn it off. She was like, no, I like your movie. Let's watch this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she is, she is getting into the monsters. Maybe she's just at that age where she likes seeing destruction to like seeing somebody just yeah. wander around because that is basically how she lives in this apartment is just she wanders around and <laughs> knocks the, knocks everything over that she can i was gonna say why don't you build her some little cardboard buildings that she can stomp that's a good idea because we i built her, Put her in a little costume I, I i built her that that box fort that 
I kept adding on to, we finally yeah. got rid of it a couple of weeks ago. It was just like, it was taking up half of our space in our living room and, <laughs> and she would still oh. use it. Like she would go and run into it and like lay down and like, just, she was hiding her toys in there. And it was just like, we, we need the space. Can we get rid of this? <laughs> Cause we, we just couldn't handle it anymore. And so we finally had to throw that away after a full year. It made it one day from wow. retirement and I threw it in the trash can. Back yeah. in the, uh, uh, I think late '80s, early '90s. Uh, my dog Blip. I, I have a I have a T Rex puppet, and she used to wrestle with it. And it's about the size of her. You know, it's a, it's about a foot and a half tall. And so when she stood on her feet, she was about as tall as the as the as the puppet. And she would like rest. She'd stand up on her hind legs and she'd wrestle with it. And she loved that puppet. And so I actually I actually shot a film on, on my video camera of her wrestling the puppet in front of a, a cityscape. I built, you know, I, I drew out a cityscape <laughs> buildings that next to them and stuff out of cardboard. And then uh, of course the, and then just, they would just thrash around and all it'd be my arm, you know, holding the puppet, but you know, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's an awesome T-Rex puppet. I still have that. Uh, the, the, but my video camera got stolen and that film was on the videotape. That was no. Yeah. A couple <laughs> no. of girls bumped into my apartment. Oh, that's so uh, terrible. Yeah, that, oh, the, that it was the one time that I had cops <laughs> come by and fingerprint my place and you know dust oh. the fingerprints and and they never found the camera because they didn't really look for it. You know, yeah. No, no, cops don't really look for stolen stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um. uh, but they came by and did their oh yeah we'll fin- do fingerprints and blah blah blah. And I knew exactly who stole it because I saw him sitting on the porch of the upstairs neighbor's place as I went to work and then I came home that night and then my place had been kicked in and, <sighs> and very little stolen. So then said to me, I didn't have, I have very little actual, you know, immediate value, you know, they left my computer. So they, you know, wow. yeah. well, they, they didn't want at the time I had an Apple two E. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's, that's pretty bulky big. and hard. To, <laughs> video cameras much. Yeah. Easier. Uh, that, that, uh, that heartbreaking story does remind me of something I've been wanting to mention throughout all of these, and this is a good enough time. Rick, you know what this is. I think I, I shared it with you as well, Carlos, is Godzilla versus Mito Komon, which is a, a student film, uh, a Japanese student film from yes. the early 90s, I think, where this one guy does this short, like 11 minute Godzilla movie where he plays every single part. He plays the reporter, he plays Godzilla, he plays King Ghidorah, he even plays the electrical pylons and it's, <laughs> yeah it's it's very funny it's very funny i the first night i watched it i watched it three times in a row and sent it to rick and i watched it several times since it always makes me laugh it's really charming as hell as well it, it's 11 minutes it's on youtube it's pretty readily available I'll, I'll definitely throw up a link to this but people need to check it out yeah you did send me that but we started i think we started texting and then i lo- i forgot about it because the, the the link got pushed and but uh i i remember you mentioning that you had watched it a few times uh but that you didn't describe it you just sent the video but that the way you described the sounds really cool and uh, i'm definitely i kind of wanted you to, to see some of it on your, <laughs> uh, in the show i'm like whatever yeah. let's talk about it <laughs> <laughs> no it, it sounds fun yeah it is it's great so Aaron, I want to throw in a couple movies here too. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Uh, so uh, one that I want to mention, because you and I have talked about doing a group showing of this, and I hope Carlos would join us when we do watch it. It's oh, called Yeti you. Giant of the 20th Century. Yes. Yeah. It's not just a Yeti movie. 
I it's don't a know giant what giant Yeti movie. I don't know what that is, but I am I am in. It is an Italian giant <laughs> Yeti movie. That's great. <laughs> and the Yeti befriends not just a, a, a girl and her brother, but a dog. <laughs> yeah, and the dog is awesome. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, it's it, it's so cheesy. It's so it's relentlessly cheesy. What is and it called? It, it, yet it's called Yeti Giant of the 20th Century. That's the Americanized type. I really want to watch that, Carlos. That'd be great. We we may, we basically just have like a text chain going while we're watching a movie. It's doable, but also kind of obnoxious on Tubi, just because the ad breaks never time out. Everybody never time at different times. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're yeah. spending a lot of time like pausing and waiting. Pausing, for yeah. A couple of films spun out of the uh, King Kong vs Godzilla, and it's they weren't. They weren't uh, kaiju films, but a couple of films that spun out of the marketing thing that I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, the one that immediately came to mind was Giants and Toys. And I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. I uh, no, have not seen it. It is a 1958 Japanese uh, comedy. It's a very sharp satire of uh, the advertising world. And not just the advertising world, but actually it's three competing candy companies trying to best themselves in a caramel, you know, who's going to sell the most caramels. And uh, one of them basically kind of contrives to create its own star. And they find this attractive girl who has impossibly bad teeth. <laughs> and they, but, you know, she's attractive, but she has really bad teeth. And they convince her to help sell their caramels. And so they make her like a, a famous model in, in the course of trying to sell their, their, their candy. But there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes where uh, the guy with her candy company is in love with a girl from another candy company who's actually a direct competitor. You know, she's in the advertising department there and they're always trying to figure out what the other one has planned and stuff. And uh, so there's a lot of screwing over going on, you know, and then he has a buddy at another company. And so it's all this kind of, you know, it, it, it's, but it's just really funny and really a strange film, but wonderfully shot. And it's 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 got really a kind of a, a it's got a good pace to it, and it's a very sharp comedy. And then the other one that came to mind was the Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> so okay. in the middle of all these, <laughs> all these kaiju films, I watch a Coen Brothers film that has nothing to do with kaiju, but it has everything to do with you know you know marketing and a company trying to you know uh, create uh, basically creating the frisbee because you know for kids. I, I'm sure everybody out there has seen it, but uh, it did somehow. It's probably the most improbable movie that came out of my watching these movies. Was uh, for, so I somehow connected it to the Hudsucker Proxy in my mind, and it might have been the Tower. It might have been the you know seeing Kong movies and the Empire State Building, and there's a big New York building in this one, you know. So you know, a lot of stuff with the outside of the building. So I just kind of connected it all in my head. So kind of a subconscious thing. Yeah, I get, I get that. I get that. I can totally see why you would think of that just with the advertising angle as well. Um, and then another kind of... movie, another movie that spun out of this was Mad Monster Party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. And uh, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's uh, again, Rankin Bass. And so that's kind of spun out of the King Kong Escapes thing. But then when I was thinking, I'm going, wait a minute, that movie has King Kong in it also. They just can't call him King Kong. And uh, they call him it in the in the film and they refer to him, but he doesn't show up until late in the film. But there is a there is a King Kong connection to all of this. Uh, 
even though most of the film is Dracula and the mummy and Wolfman and, you know, and Boris Karloff as, um, uh, as Dr. Frankenstein, doing the voice of Dr. Frankenstein, because this was all stop motion puppets like their animated specials. Uh, but it's a feature length film. It's pretty hokey. It's always been rumored that Forey Ackerman from Famous Monsters worked on the script, but it's never been proven, not fully proven. But it has been rumored for many years that he did help with some of the terrible, terrible puns and jokes in the film. Uh, but if you like, if you like famous monsters, if you like any of that kind of kind of hokey jokey stuff uh, with monsters, like I do, you'll probably enjoy this movie. I, I actually just looked it up in Giants and Toys, which I swear I've heard. You might have actually been mentioned this to me recently, but I know I've heard somebody talking about it recently. Um, looks like it is on YouTube, so I will. Yeah, I've got the. I have the DVD. I will watch that. Well, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful you. film. Okay, if I can make one little sideways recommendation that, that's been on my mind this week, and it has nothing to do with kaiju at all, it, although it does have a moment in it that is a very direct reference to Godzilla, and I think gave me so much joy when I first watched this movie, is uh, Holy Motors by oh, yeah. Leos Carax. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it, well, obviously the Godzilla like kaiju mo uh, reference in the movie. It's a super strange movie, very fun, very funny about this guy played by Dennis Lavant, who basically spends his entire day being shuttled around in a limousine full of costumes. And everywhere he goes, he basically has a different costume. He is acting like, like some other person. He is acting like a different person in every, little, in every little segment. And it's never quite explained what he's doing other than he's just trying to add some drama or chaos into people's lives. It looks like it's a service that people hire. It's a very bizarre movie. There is a Godzilla reference in the movie that was just a, a few minutes of sustained joy for me. Yeah, it's it's a really terrific movie. That's really cool. I, I, I've seen that movie, but I don't remember the reference. I'm going to have to rewatch that. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised. Maybe we should wrap up here soon, but did you have anything else you want to re recommend as well? Yesterday, I watched Jellyfish Eyes. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh, not. you mentioned that to me, and no, I haven't. What is that? Oh, my gosh. Such a strange movie um you can rent it on uh on on well through itunes or you know any of those services you know amazon you can rent it through there um it's a, a japanese film it's honestly the first 20 minutes of it i thought i cannot believe this movie has been released on the criterion collection oh it has uh, yes and I and I guess the, the I, I actually can't say his name off the top of my head, but he's apparently a famous Japanese artist. This was his first film that he ever directed. And I was watching it going, OK, this is going to be so atrocious if just based on the first 20 minutes. But as I went through the movie, it got weirder and weirder and more compelling. And until it finally just reaches this crazy fever pitch. And I was like, okay, now I'm kind of understanding it's just weird, but esoteric enough to be in the Criterion Collection. It's not just a simple-minded kind of parody of Pokemon, but it also eventually leads into a big kaiju, you know, section of the film. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just kids with all these characters that fight each other. Uh, but there's like this weird death cult that one of the kids' moms belongs to. And... <laughs> It all combines into all the negative energy of these kids fighting all their animals together, creating this giant kaiju that starts to tear everything apart. 
and threatens the entire world. And so then they all have to, kids have to learn how to stop fighting, having all their monsters fighting each other and uh, joining up to fight the, 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 the big negativity monster. It's just so strange. And the designs are just all over the place and weird that after a while, I just started like adoring it. Yeah. <laughs> And and the villains are the death cult villains are like all clad in like black leather and they wear gloves and they have capes, you know, and so they look totally like out of a cereal or like an old like, you know, 1950s, you know, you know, serialized kids adventure or something like that. I mean, it's it's using all these elements. It's making fun of them. It's probably making a statement about, you know, violence, in you know kids using violence as a as a as a play tool or something like that i mean there's probably all the stuff being said in it. it doesn't really matter it's just kind of a cool movie you know it's very strange though i i will look into that it, it's for rent at not too i mean 2.99 at most digital yeah books. yeah that's what and that's what i did i said i don't know if i want to put out put down the cash for this but uh but i'll i'll, I'll give it a rental and i was like okay i'm I actually kind of came out going, oh, I think Aaron really needs to see this. <laughs> you know? And it looks like it's Takashi Murakama. Yeah. And Mar- Murakama or Murakami? Okay. Um, Murakami. Yeah, I, I just looked it up. It sounded really cool. And I, I follow everything C- Criterion does. And I've never heard of this title, which is so weird. Yeah. Even when you rent it, the first thing that comes up is the Criterion logo. So. That is crazy. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover, too, for the Criterion. It does not look familiar. I've never seen this. Yeah. It's very, yeah, that, that character on the cover, that's the, that's the, uh, the, yeah. the main character. I think it's Karagibo. Um, that but and the name means jellyfish boy even though I, it seems more like a girl to me in the film but <laughs> yeah they actually they, they the uh translation in the film is oh what why are you calling a jellyfish boy you know it's like <laughs> okay so uh maybe we should wrap up here soon but did you have anything else you want to re- recommend as well um just 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 the movies that i i think uh, just the movies that i talked about earlier uh Big Man Japan was my my favorite, I think, out of the ones I watched recently that were uh, new to me. Uh, but uh, definitely check out the new Godzilla vs. Kong if you haven't. It, it, it's worth your time. It's a lot of fun. I was so glad that I actually did enjoy that movie because, I, like I said before, I, I wasn't really a, a, a big fan of, uh, of the newer ones uh, from the 2014 Godzilla on, but um, it... This one was so much fun and I'm so glad that I enjoyed it so much. And it was, I think what this uh, monster verse needed. It was so fun. The, the fight scenes were great and I, I just really enjoyed it. Agreed. Yeah, this was, um, I think the most enjoyable of the new monster verse, even though I, I going back, I do really like skull Island. I like, parts of king of the monsters though the parts that i don't like really are dragging that movie down for me and godzilla 2014 i think is better than i gave it credit for to begin with uh but still an kind of an unwieldy flawed movie itself i think that's gonna do it i like i know this is a crossover it's gonna be in both you your feed and my feed but like i said this is episode 26 for me this is my six month anniversary of podcasting so Thank you guys for being here and kind of making this a lot of fun. 
I think without either of you, I don't know if I'd be doing this show. Like certainly Carlos, like if you hadn't invited me on my, on your show, I would not have thought like, well, that's fun. I want to do my own now. Fine. Like I've been thinking about it for years. You've been trying to convince me to do one for years. Yeah. Well, we had an idea that we were going to do one, but it just didn't work out with our schedules and maybe we can revisit that eventually. And and me getting sick. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to put all the blame on you. But uh, maybe we can revisit that eventually because if nothing else, we could just do it as like a a folded into what I'm doing on my show, make it a regular feature because I think it... Well, we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of things we can talk about. Now that I've I've done a few of these, I've been having a lot of fun. So I'm actually looking forward to doing more. So, All right, well, we'll get off the air and we'll talk more about it. Um, But uh, let me just wrap up here. We'll do a a quick round of plugs. Do you want to plug cinema for cell block again rick or do you think you're good yeah so yeah it actually it ties in with uh what we've been talking about here uh, sometime in the next few days probably in a couple of days i will have a new post up on cinema for the first one since october um and it's actually about uh a movie called king clunk which is uh a king kong parody that was actually released the same year as king kong it's a walter lance uh film uh, an animated short um with uh pooch the pup as the star and uh and and uh it it is a nine minute long cartoon that is almost scene for scene you know a parody of king kong it actually has a couple of very gruesome moments in it that i'm shocked we're we're in a we're in a cartoon film but actually you go back to the 1930s a lot of of those early cartoons had some really strange moments you wouldn't expect in an animated film so um so uh, yeah, I'll be writing about that and posting that hopefully by the weekend. Awesome. And I, I guess uh, really quickly, uh, the Incredible Two-Headed Podcast, you're listening, you know where you can find it. It's all, all your regular podcast catchers. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two-Headed Pod. And uh, Carlos, tell people where you can, where they can find you. Uh, so we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dial F Podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere, really, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, uh, and Audible, and pretty much anywhere uh, that podcasts are available. Um, on my show, we uh, talk. We're, we're covering the 1001 movies you must see before you die. Uh, I try to either do categories of single movies and keep uh, themes every week where we uh, talk about the movies on that list and we see if we like them and we if we agree that they are movies that you, you should watch before you die. But um, I try to have a different uh, guest or a new guest every week and we go through that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying doing that a lot. And also I enjoy coming on to two uh, incredible two headed podcasts as well. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I really, I, I just have to say that I really like your podcast, Aaron. I fell behind and I've been catching up recently and it's been in the guests that you have are so great. And the movie recommendations that come, come out of that are always great too. I end up discovering new things and, and exploring other stuff. So it's been a lot of fun uh, listening to that at work uh, on for it feels like hours on end now. I, I can never catch up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <my shows laughs> I'm getting, getting there. Longer I'm close. Longer. <laughs> but I'm getting there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun podcast because uh, you cover 
a bunch more different type of movies that you know that we do on our show and i think that's what why i like it so much it, it, it's kind of like what i listen to now for recommendations and what mood i will be in for the next week or two depending on you know what the oh wow thank you <laughs> thank you very much yeah no i yeah i mean not not to make this like a big circle jerk but i i really enjoy <laughs> I, well, I, I feel like it's a I feel like it's a pretty good podcast, but I think it would be better without the host. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> just then have it would the be the one-headed on. podcast. So yeah, have uh, you tried uh Mark Marin or someone like that to maybe uh <laughs> replace uh, the show? To replace me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah <laughs> Marin would be a good choice. Cats a lot though. Mm -hmm. I'll just uh I'll just go through <laughs> my next edit and remove me from the, from the show and see how that flows. Oh um, uh, no! No, you're great, Aaron. You're you're a great, great host. I, I was completely kidding. No, <laughs> and, and I, I hope you understand. No. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, and I, I, I really enjoy kidding. your show. I I totally get falling behind. Like now, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't listen to podcasts anywhere like I used to, and or as much as I used to. And when I do, I feel like I'm I'm trying to catch up to listen to some something that a future guest has done, so I can get a I, you know, an idea of how they run their shows or uh, like I, I, I try to listen to your episodes right away if I'm familiar with the movies. But if I haven't seen a couple of the movies that you're covering, the, it kind of like it, it gets pushed back a little bit so I can watch those movies first. But I really do try to keep up um, and you got your I'm, I enjoy your show. It's it like I wouldn't be doing mine without yours. And it's uh yeah, no, it, it. I really enjoy it. Oh, th it's a yeah. lot of fun. Thank you. I, I, I do like that. your guests. I like your. Uh... And just to um, continue the, the the circle jerk, um, I listened to your episode with Rick, <laughs> the the first one with uh, Stuntman, and I listened to the first half. Uh, I had not seen the movie that you guys talked about, but uh, I want to see it now. But the reason I stopped it halfway was because I know about the Stuntman. And the way you guys described it in the first like few moments when you guys started talking about it, it made me like, I feel like this is a movie I'm really going to enjoy. So I want to be surprised by it. So I stopped it. Do I know it's good Because I've been trying to, I, I've seen a scene from that movie from film class and that's all I know about it. Like I, I didn't even know the movie when they showed it, when they showed just that scene. It's like a scene on the beach. They're shooting like a, like a scene in a movie. And I, I guess World War One, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like on a beach, and that's all I know. And then other than that, like I'm aware of the movie, but I just never saw it. But the way you guys were talking about it, the few, first few minutes, I was like, okay, this sounds like it's gonna be up my alley. I'm gonna have to stop this and and watch it before I finish that up. I don't blame you. I I, I really kind of wish we. I mean, I don't like spoiler alerts, but I kind of wish we'd actually put one on there because that movie is really hard to talk about without giving away without pieces. yeah, yeah. It, well i yeah i got that impression because you guys said something i forgot what it was and i was like okay i think this is gonna be i'm gonna have to actually sit down and watch this before i listen to this episode uh because I, I i enjoyed the first half and i i, I learned a lot from uh, about comedy from that era and then i listened to the um to the the kaiju episode you guys did and that was a lot of fun too um, oh thank you yeah like I enjoy chatting with both of you about movies. Um, I don't know when the next time I'm going to do a three-headed podcast is, but I, I look forward to both of you being back on the show and I look forward to being on yours, which I think uh, we're going to be doing sometime soon yes, we as are. well. Yeah. That is going to do it from us. And uh, thank you everybody for joining. Everybody that's listening, 
that has been listening for the past six months. Thank you very much. I look forward to doing this more. I'm going to be look forward to changing things up. I'm, I've got some ideas and some big things planned. Um, so uh, I guess I'm just saying thank you a lot, but we will talk to you soon or you will hear us soon. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>